Blog Talk Radio. sums it all up, doesn't it? Everything sucks today. Losing a quarterback controversy that doesn't appear to be going anywhere. Bad offensive line play. Underachieving offense in general. Falling out of control of the Coastal Division of the ACC with an absolutely putrid loss at Virginia. Yeah, it all sucks. So now what? All eyes are on Mark Rick to figure out what the problem is and figure it out fast and correct it this time around. Something that got away from the coach the past two years as Miami suffered four and three game losers when adversity struck. Rick simply can't. Allow that to happen in year three. The offensive line and quarterback positions are in a state of flux. There's not that much that can be done right now on the offensive line. Look for Navon Donaldson to permanently be moved to left guard. He's just not handling the right tackle position very well at all. And look for DJ Scaife to now become the full-time right tackle. But the the, the constant shuffling in and out on the offensive line has been problematic all season. You can't build a cohesive offensive line unit like this, and that, I believe, is part of the problem. And that unit was not cohesive at all at Virginia. Miami again struggled to run the ball, and it wasn't because Virginia was loading up with eight- and nine-man fronts, as, as some people have tried to say on the message boards. No. I watched the first half over and over again. I saw two plays with eight-man fronts. Most of the time, there were four-man fronts, a 4-2 alignment. Occasionally, there was a striker mixed in as like a third linebacker. But no, they weren't trying to run into eight-man fronts. They just couldn't run effectively. 
And that made Mark Rick horrible as a play caller because nothing he called was working. At quarterback, Rick has to figure out who he wants to go to battle with the rest of the season, and he needs to stick with that guy. He created this mess in the first place when he replaced Malik Rozier as his starter. That move can be debated for hours. I know there's polar opposite camps out there. I see the debate. But Howard Schnellenberger taught me something many, many years ago that I've never forgotten. He applied this when he had Bernie Kosar and Vinny Testaverde at his disposal. Two guys that would go on to long, brilliant careers in the National Football League. Guys that would be drafted in the first round. Guys that are way miles better than what the University of Miami is playing with right now. Howard always said, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And man, that applies right now like there's no tomorrow. And Mark Richt was somewhat of a victim of that philosophy when he was at the University of Miami because he sat behind Jim Kelly for most of his career. So I believe Coach Rick made a mistake when he changed the starting quarterback. I believe he could have continued to develop Nikozi Perry without making him the starter. I mean, for Malik Rozier to go three weeks without a first-team rep in practice and then have to come in and try to save the day at Virginia, a move I 100% supported by Coach Richt. Uh, Nikozi was lost out there. I mean, he absolutely was. And, you know, Mark Richt, after facing a 20-point deficit against Florida State, could have sat there and waited for it to potentially get worse. And it, maybe it would have, maybe it wouldn't have, but the probability was looking pretty good when he made that move. He could have waited for it to get worse, or he could have made the move he made and brought his veteran quarterback in off the bench. It worked out to an extent, but it didn't work out good enough because the Canes lost in the end. They lost because they settled for field goals twice. They lost because of a horrible sequence of sh- after a good drive into Virginia territory, ended with two failures to pick up a yard. And we can argue that one all day long, too. I mean, obviously, maybe it would have been beneficial for Coach Rick to try something different in that situation as opposed to running the same exact play that they've run in that situation all season. But I will say this, and I'll get accused for defending him, and I don't agree with what he did, so I'm going to say that right up front. I do not agree with what he did. However, the Canes were perfect running those fullback dive plays the entire season. Weren't stopped once including in the first quarter at Virginia. So I'm sure that's why he went to the play. It had never failed him. But this time it did. It failed him in the worst of times, and that leaves him open for criticism. And, that, and that's part of the deal in this business. And I'm sure he understands that. He's been through this a little bit before. But the bottom line is they didn't get any points on the board in that possession after they settled for two field goals in the first half and didn't get touchdowns on those possessions. And then they only had four possessions total in the second half. They couldn't get the offense on the field. There was one point, and I know the defense is leading the stats in the country and all that. And they 
been unbelievable this year, and you certainly can't criticize anything on defense. But Virginia did have an eight-minute drive in one stretch there. Eight minutes of clock chewed up. That kept the offense off the field. The, the offense under Rozier was operating relatively well. I mean, they, they had three scoring drives with, with Rozier out there. And there was no indication that if they'd gotten the ball back, they might not have been able to move the ball down the field again. You know, they had another drive that ended in the interception where the ball was partially tipped at the line of scrimmage and fell short of a wide open Will Mallory, wide open as can be down the field. So it just didn't work out. And as you know, since then, all hell's broken loose. So there's so much for us to chew on and spit out tonight as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live. So let's do it. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and I welcome you once again to Canesport Live, presented this season by Sicilian Oven, with six restaurants throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, you will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And on behalf of them, I know they want me to thank so many of you that have been going into Sicilian Oven the past several weeks. Some of you even, you know, telling the managers and waiters and waitresses that you heard about their great restaurant on Cane Sport Live. And uh, needless to say, the Cane's Nation is embracing Sicilian Oven and finding out what I found out. Great place to go get a bite to eat. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563 563- 999-3633. More than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That lets us know that you'd like to appear on the show. We bring you on in the order that you appear in the queue. So as usual, we ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and I'll address those as we go forward this evening. So yeah, everything sucks today. It does. And the Miami fan base has turned on Mark Richt, Al Golden style. So Saturday night, I had about an hour drive to my hotel in Virginia after the game, had an early flight the next morning. So I had to get myself all the way to Richmond airport. Got to my hotel about 1.30 in the morning. Couldn't sleep a lick. Was up all night. And I spent the whole night on the message board. It was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, you know, this fan base has had a lot of practice dealing with losses, unfortunately, the past several years. This implosion that took place after the game on Saturday night was off the charts. And I understand the pain that everyone was and still is feeling. But there also was a total lack of rationality. And there was so much commenting on things that were just totally detached from what really happened in the game. I kept and keep hearing complaints about play calling. And there's no question that Mark Richt had a hard time dialing up plays that worked the other night. So after I returned home, I went to the tape to get a true understanding of what went on. And what I found was an offensive debacle that was way beyond what plays Mark Richt was calling. It was so bad, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and I watched the first half 
a second time. And I keep I kept seeing offensive linemen getting their butts whipped at the line of scrimmage. I kept seeing receivers not blocking safeties right in front of them and letting running backs get assaulted. I kept seeing drop passes. I kept seeing throws into triple coverage. I saw an offensive line blocking as if the play was going to the left and the running back going to the right where there was no blocking. That critical short yardage situation that destroyed another potential scoring drive. Yeah, like I said, Rick could have thrown a wrinkle in there. He could have done a bootleg play-action pass, knowing that he was going to go for it on fourth down. But at the end of the day, you're playing Virginia, and you have to be able to pick up a yard when it's such a critical play in a ball game, especially. I keep hearing people say that Rick was running into eight-man fronts all night. Well, I watched the first half twice. I only saw an eight-man front twice the entire half. I also saw a lot of receivers that weren't getting open, which might point to scheme. Maybe their route trees are too predictable. But there's been so much chatter and, and so much uh, uh, assault. And not all of it's been accurate. Now, you know, everyone's angry. Everyone's blowing off steam. I get it. But some are also playing some games with themselves, getting themselves all outraged about things that don't even exist. What happened the other night was a lot of things combined. The offense was absolutely horrendous, period. And it also was a team loss because, like I said, the defense also allowed a scoring drive right before the half that I thought was critical. And it also allowed then an eight-minute drive in the middle of the second half, limiting the offense to four possessions. Let's touch on the quarterback situation, situation for a second. After reviewing the tape over and over, I still feel the same way that I have for the past three weeks, that the mistake that Mark Rick made was removing Rosier as a starter in the first place and creating this entire situation. There was no reason to do it, not to the team, not to the fan base. Could have continued to start Rosier, played Perry, seen how it went just like he did in the FIU game, and it was fine. We all know Malik Rozier is an average quarterback. But at least he knows what he's doing when he's out there. And he won't become rattled on the road, which was so predictable that Perry would. And might again, if he's chosen to start these games coming up at night in Boston College. Probably at night at Virginia Tech. Rozier, as much as everybody loves to hate him, won 10 games last year. We take 10-win seasons too much for granted here. How many years did we go without a 10-win season? 10 wins and a berth in Charlotte is looking pretty good right now. I'll say that. Yeah, the hook on the Cozy Perry was quick the other night. But those two interceptions, and I've watched them over and over and over, were so bad And things were going so poorly that I understand why Rick pulled the plug so quickly. So where does Rick go from here? I have no idea. I know he's pretty salty these days about what he saw the other night, live and on film. The team's in a media blackout. There's no availability this week for coaches and players. It's circle the wagons time. And here's the bottom line. Miami must get to Charlotte. 
or this season is a disaster, period. The Canes can do it by winning their final five games. Virginia's going to lose. That won't be an issue. So there's so much to talk about. So let's get to your phone calls. The number, 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's begin in the 786, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Gary, good evening. How are you, my friend? Hey, what's up, everything? Hey, hanging in there, hanging in there. You, you've, all, actually uh, been, kind of you've actually been relatively calm the last few days, but I guess it's, you kind of uh, predicted what would happen. Well, you know, um, I, I got to admit, uh, first of all, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us this opportunity every week. <clears throat> Especially times like this are tough, but you uh, you learn real quick that no one's going to feel sorry for you. No one in the ACC is going to feel sorry for you. BC's licking their chops. Everybody's ready to go. So you got to put that crap aside and go forward. And, and, and going forward, you have to learn from your past. You mentioned a few times a few things about uh, the message boards and people claiming the box is stacked. Let me just say this, Gary. I watch film. I'm a retired person. I got nothing to do all day. I take care of my grandkids here and there. I travel every once in a while. But I watched it four times, and I chart everything. And I'm going to tell you right now, what I noticed was in every short yardage situation, the first quarter, there was nine and ten in the box with a cover one and one ten with, with an empty coverage that we faced. All right, well, well let me stop you and for a minute. It might that might be like what you describe, what you how you define box. I mean, I I saw them running the same defense we run with a stri- with a striker. Sometimes they had two strikers. It was just in short yardage. We had we had four we had four uh, four plays in short yardage situation, third and one, then fourth and one. Yeah, we had four like that in the first half, and in every one, we never ever ever, especially after showing this five times against Florida State, had a, some type of deception. Listen, this game is a simple game. We know what your tendencies are. If you've scouted me, you know what I like. It's up to you to stop what I do. But every once in a while, you've got to play the game that requires people to respect everything. And he never does that. He consistently never did that in Georgia. Okay? He never progressed to the nuances of offensive football today, in today's world. And he's yet to do it. So I'm going to argue with that, okay? Now, it didn't happen every possession. All right, let, me, let, me, let me stop you for a second. Let me stop you for one second. I want to just clarify what you're talking about. The, the short yardage plays that you're talking about were, were in the second half. They, they, had, they had one in the first half. They ran the same play to Trey on Gray, and he gained five yards. Uh, the ones you're talking about were in the second half. But that's no, fine. In the first quarter, we had a – And they might have had nine-man fronts. I didn't really look in, at those. In the first quarter, before. Gary, it was, a four, it was a 31 and a fourth one in the first quarter. Go back to the tape. We got stopped. We gave them the ball back at the 40-yard line in the first quarter. Yes, we did. It's in there. And, and that was, was telling to me because that made it clear that you haven't, you know, you're, you're just going to say, I'm going to impose my will on you, and I'm going to beat you. Okay, well, okay wait a minute. Wait a minute. The sequence you're talking about, it was third and two at the Virginia 49. On the third down play, they did, they did run into a stack front. That was one of the times in the first half, and Homer was got stuffed. And then on fourth down, they tried to they tried to throw the ball, and the cozy panicked and ran right into the line and and didn't make it. But it was a scramble. And and, and and again and again, what plays do you have? You have options there that he didn't use. He basically went to the same old same old formation, everything the same. Not an unbalanced line, not a motion coming across. 
See, this game requires you. If the defense sees what you're doing, okay, everybody in college football that's using their brain is then showing something different based on what they did. It's a chess match. I show, you, you react to what I show, and then I change again. That means they don't have enough time to change again. That's, that's the game. It's not calculus. But nonetheless, again, we refuse to use stacks, okay, with our receivers. We refuse on every scheme and every freaking play that we have. In every situation, there is no motion, very little of it. Sometimes in the goal line, we get it, right? Very few screens. At home, everybody in the stands knew what our count was with a double clap with this kid. Moms that have never coached a game or barely understand a game sitting in the stands, knowing when to clap. That's predictability, Gary. And not once did we use a quick count this past week. Not once. And, and I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying you're apologizing for anyone. Oh, I'm not apologizing. I'm going to those facts with you. I, 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 there's nothing to apologize for. I mean, that was a nightmare the other night. I mean, you're not hearing me apologize for anything. I'm trying to analyze it, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of what no, really happened. I'm not just sitting here recklessly ripping people and saying every coach on the staff has to be fired and things like that. I mean, I'm looking at what happened very closely and trying to figure out what the heck happened out there. And it was, it was, it was, it was everything. It was a debacle. You know, I, I said a long time ago in the summer that this team would win eight to nine games max. And, I, and one of the big premises behind that was I didn't – it was a huge question mark at defensive tackle, the lack of depth there. And, boy, was I wrong with that one because this kid, what he's done is amazing. Now, we haven't finished the season yet. So far, so good. But he might win the Allen Trophy. Well, he you might end up with the Allen Trophy winner. You might, ha- you might have the Allen Trophy winner. You might have the number one defense in the country. And you might not be able to win the ACC Coastal. That's unbelievable. No doubt. No doubt. But, you know, and, again, these are all things that we've talked about. I'm not here to toot my horn off because that's not how I do things. But let's go, let's go forward. What does Mark have to do? He's got to put his best players in the best position to be successful with the limitations you have up front with that offensive line. Again, Gary, if you watch Big 12 football, those, some of those offensive lines are horrendous. But what do they do? Ball comes out quick, they spread the defense out, and they move. And they move and they move. He's got to start incorporating those things into his schemes. And if he doesn't, it's just going to be dying a slow death every Saturday. And, and look at what Virginia did. You're right. They didn't always stack the box. But what did they do? They gave us the middle of the field. What did LSU do? They gave us the middle of the field. These things aren't changing. So your, your goal as a head coach, as a game planner, as a coordinator, what is everybody taking away from me and Why? And how do I counter that? I mean, he came up with a fantastic high halftime adjustment, and I, but and it was great on that corner screen. <laughs> he used a nice on that corner blitz. He used a nice screen to the running back. But Gary, it's the fourth quarter. Why are we waiting so long for this? I mean, if you see things at half, damn it, your first opportunity to run it, you run the dancing. You don't get another three opportunities to lose yards. Given you only had four, you know, four possessions in that half. But that, those are the things. Again, using the middle of the field, it's open. But, uh, you know, I, I pointed out that earlier, the packages on goal line, the packages on short yardage, you've got to start using the quarterback's assets. What do they both have in common that they do have? They've got pretty good feet. They're somewhat athletic. I'd say, you know, Rozier's not as athletic as Nikosi, but he's a tougher kid. He's built differently. 
and I'm okay with him doing a sprint out or a straight bootleg. And I'm okay. He can with, absorb you know, the pounding outside. better. He can yeah, absorb he the really pounding can. better. So, and he's got and he's, he's got very good vision when he's running with the ball. And that running dimension can cover up a lot of things for the offensive line. That's what I see. I get accused well, what, what of you, all kinds of saying, things on the message board, but that's what I see. But, but Gary, that's how we won ten games last year. Correct. It wasn't because he was a great quarterback. That's how you Correct. won ten and, games. Correct, and and, and 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 no one's winning ten games this year if this continues the way it's going right now. Oh, I, I guarantee you, we're not winning ten games. But that's, that's a, I mean, no one's a bigger fan than me. But I'm not blind. You know, and, well, they could they could get their act it. together and win these last five. Okay. There's no reason they can't. Yeah. You mean you mean someone for the last 16 years as a head coach has done things one way, and the guys in that conference room every freaking day that you spend eight hours to ten hours with, game planning, creating schemes, all they know is what you have taught them. Okay, that's all they know, other than getting coffee for for Rex Ryan in Buffalo. That's all they know. So do you think he's going to change now? To all the motions, no. the, the trip sets and the motion and the stats and the quick. No, the quick but if they could just get the guy, if they could just get the guys up front blocking the right people, not gonna happen. they can move the it's, ball. Gary, it's not going to happen. It's the same example. Well, it might not. The Big Twelve. That's, it's an offensive line that's a that's not even a mediocre offensive line in the Big Twelve. They're not that good. So you've got to go ahead and change things. All right. So let me play. say this. Let me say this. 2016, his first season. They lost four in a row. Okay, it was it was it was horrendous, right? Four losses in a row. They won the last five. They 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 they, they blew out Pitt. They won. They blew out Virginia at Virginia. They blew out NC State at NC State. They blew out Duke at home, and they blew out Virginia, West Virginia rather, in the bowl game. So it's not like he can't oh, coach himself out of a hole. It's I'm, not like I'm they're not capable of winning that. these last five. They are capable okay. of winning the last five. Okay. They got but two I'm weeks here. That. Well, they got two weeks. They got to get their act together. That. Uh, but that brings me to my next point. They did all that with a kid, not very athletic, under center, but with a very high football IQ and a kid who could definitely go to a second progression, not be lasered in on one guy the entire freaking time. And he can't tell me that he hasn't had enough time to develop these two and these three kids and the four kids with Weldon. Don't tell me that you haven't had a chance to develop because you have. And they're still making the same freaking mistakes. It's the first thing, and that's all they see. Never a second progression, let alone a third progression. And, Gary, Brad had the ability to find time in that pocket. And he mixed in some RPO, which helped him out, believe it or not, not with his feet, but it did help out the offense. And we had better tackle play that year. But the most important thing we had was a kid who understood what the hell to do. And he wasn't taught that by Mark Rick and company. He might have gotten a little bit better with those guys, maybe. But he wasn't taught that by those guys. Your final product is the kids you have now. And for Nikosi Perry to still not understand if it's man or his own at times, and what's going to help him understand if it's man or his own at times, Gary, it's called motion to help him out. But you continually just say, well, we've got to beat the guy in front of you. The game is more complicated than that. It requires you. It requires you to make a defense, make a reaction to what you're showing at first. Unless it's a quick hit or something like that. But we refuse to do these basic things. And I, I, I'm going to go back to that. He hasn't developed these kids. And if you, I know what you're saying. Man, the offensive line, yes, Coach Searles. We could talk about all these coaches. 
The fact is you're not putting your best players in the best position for them to succeed. Well, they that are on defense. Something they are they are across the does board on defense. defense. Does he coach defense? Does he coach defense? No, no. I'm no. just saying they are across the board on defense, and and I but think offensively, it, it, I mean, <laughs> it, receivers were having a hard time getting open the other night, but it's hard to criticize Dugans. I think uh, Hartley's done a great job with the tight ends. Uh, I, I think Thomas Brown does a really nice job with the running backs. You have a problem at quarterback, and you got a problem on the offensive line, and that's bringing the entire team down right now, and he's going to have to address it at some point. No matter well, what happens, to, down, to, no matter what happens these to. next five games. Gary, everyone that's coached eventually figures out that that KISS principle applies every day in practice, in every game, in every meeting, and everything that you do, it applies. You've got to keep things simple and put players in the best positions for them to succeed. And it requires an offense to do a couple of things. Stack with receivers, motions, screen game, and some quick counts. It's not a complicated game. I heard Ryan Collins a couple couple of days ago. Um, he was on a Facebook post, and he was mentioning all these basic things. And I've got a lot of family, a lot of friends. I've got a lot of kids that are in the business in the game. And they all tell me, look, it's the same thing. You know what's coming. There's five or six plays. And I understand this Lombardi had eight plays that he ran. But that's a different era of football together. We're not in that era anymore. So his unwillingness to bring in a young kid or somebody else because it's going to impact his son is a problem. And that's the bottom line here. Let's not lie to each other anymore. Let's be honest and say, you know what, that's absolutely right. So given that he's got him and Thomas Brown, so right now, if he was on the street, if he was let go, if every coach got fired today at UM, he's not an offense coordinator anywhere in major college football. So please don't tell me that because that's not no, Tom, no, it, Nobody's ever pretended that he is. I mean, he, he, he's got the title. He's got the title to, to, to justify his salary. You know, because they, they, they had to win a bidding war with Georgia for him. He's very desired. He's a very good coach. Uh, he's, he's great with the kids. Um, can't say enough great things about Thomas Brown. He deserves well, everything he's got. But nobody's, you what, make, he, nobody's he trying to deceive anybody he that is. he's really the offensive coordinator. He's not the offensive coordinator. Mark Rick's the, the offensive title coordinator. He is. Well, now, he's, they made an words, adjustment. He's one, of the guys, he's one of the guys that helps make the game plan, that helps make the adjustments. And he doesn't know any more than Mr. James Coley does. And James Coley worked for – Someone that I despise more than anything, I hate Jimbo Fisher. But the guy knows football. He knows contemporary football. No, James Coley would be further along as an offensive coordinator than, than Thomas Absolutely. would. There's no doubt. There's no question and, about it. And, and, again, recruiting-wise, he's a stud. So, again, everything has trickled down to the people like Thomas Brown's very good, too. He just doesn't. He's, he's underutilized. He doesn't recruit enough guys, in my opinion, because they should have him involved way beyond the running backs. Well, Gary, all I can tell you is what I see. And, and these are the things that I have talked about for three years now. Not to the extent I've never said from the very beginning I wanted Mark Rick. I didn't like a lot of his decisions. The only reason why Mike Rump was hired is because Mike Rump delivered players to him or helped no, the other players in South Florida. No, Mike, you're wrong. Mike, Mike Rump's a doing a very – Mike Rump is doing a great job. You've got to get off that. It's like enough, enough, enough with Mike Rump already. You've got to get over that, well, that radio. Well, you've got to get over that radio appearance. 
You know, you well because you don't know all sides. You know, Mike had some grievances with the out with with the Al Golden regime. Like he, you know, it's not all one way. Like you know, he wasn't being treated necessarily with the type of respect that 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 maybe he should have been. You know, maybe things were being said to him. You know, you don't you don't know the whole story. Okay, is what I'm trying to tell you. You got to get off that. Well, I know a lot about the story, and I know basically that his feathers were ruffled from the very beginning when he was just an assistant coach in Heritage and running seven-on-sevens and helping guys out, and he wanted a job, and they didn't offer him a job. And from the very beginning, he was pissed. And what did he do? Uh Uh-uh. There's a whole world. He came on WQAM several times. Look at the archives. It's there. And he professed how far behind we were. Fantastic. Fast forward five years later, now you're here, and you can't get kids because you made it clear that we're so freaking far behind. So you reap what you sow. He should have never been hired, Gary. He should have never been hired. Oh. The guy who should have been hired, I'll tell you, Kevin Patrick, that guy from the <laughs> very beginning should have been our defensive line coach. Not Coach Cool. Oh. You're Listen, Rump's doing, doing a very good job, but I think it's time for you to get over that. And Jess Simpson's doing a really good job, too. Not that Kevin Patrick wouldn't have, but Jess Simpson's doing a very good job with those defensive linemen. So, well, it, it, all right, what else you got? Again, because a lot of people want to get on tonight. What, what, what else you got? Anything else? Last thing I'm going to tell you. Last thing I'm going to tell you. It comes back to one thing. You can't always hire people based on their ability to follow your lead. You've got to get guys that contrast you in that meeting room every day. I'm not recruiting for it every day. You just can't have a happy kumbaya family. That's not a coaching staff. And the guys you should have hired, you didn't, and we're suffering for it. And, Gary, with that, I'll let you be, and let's go Kings, baby. All right, but I, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you, I think you can identify two spots where there's problems on a staff of nine I guys. I three spots. I got I, actually I got four spots: an offensive, an offensive coordinator, a QB coach. A well, that's one guy. Coach, that's the same coach. guy. There's four. An offensive coordinator, QB coach is the same guy. That's one. Offensive line, I'll give you. That's two. And what's your third? It's not. It's not two. It's it's two different guys. It's not one. No, a it's one guy. Coach. You don't have the staff openings for that. It's one guy. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna hire an offensive coordinator, he's got to coach the quarterbacks unless Mark Rick does it himself. Gary, instead of hiring Pat, he could have hired. You're not hiring two people. You're not hiring a quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator. So that's one guy. Why would he? O line, I'm giving you. What's your third? I didn't say O line. I never said offensive line. I said defensive line. Wait, you think they need to replace? You think they need to replace Jess Simpson? Do you think that that the reason? I think he's doing a great job. All right, listen. Let me get, let, let me let some other people go on. All right. Well, uh, let's go. We'll, games, we'll talk. Baby. We'll let's talk again games. next Tuesday. You, Thanks for getting the show started. Let's go out to the eight four five. You're on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. <clears throat> What's up, Greg? All right. I want to start out by saying Mark Rick is a great CEO for the program. His stubbornness is is killing us. He should take a page from his mentor, Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden didn't call the players of Florida State, did he? Mark Rick called them for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Mark Rick was the offensive coordinator. So Mark Rick could be the CEO and be on the headphone, and if he put once input, 
that's fine. But his stubbornness is, is killing us. It's ridiculous. I, I don't get it. Well, I think he got burned at Georgia he when he gave he... it up. Greg, I think he got burned at Georgia when he gave it up. I think, you know, it, it started – when he gave it up at Georgia, I think it started the downfall of his career at Georgia. And I think that he felt if he was going to coach again, he wanted to go back to having his fate in his hands. And he, and, and he, and he wanted to call the plays. And that's his prerogative. Uh, maybe he's the problem. Maybe he's not. You know, until I see offensive linemen blocking people that they're supposed to block, until I see receivers blocking safeties that are right in front of them, you know, until I see the fundamental things that are part of offense, I have a hard time criticizing what plays being called because whatever plays are being called are not working because of of what's happening on the field, which is a joint blame of coaches and players. It's not pointing figure as players. It's both of their faults. Right, you're that's me. me. You that's me, Greg. Get, Greg, right. that's me. Now, a lot of people are just saying, hey, Mark Rick sucks. Can't call plays beyond his time. Got to be, got to, got to, got to, got to be out as a play caller. Just be a figurehead head coach and get his OC. I know a lot of people are saying that and they might be right. But I just see too many other things when I look at it. That's why my opinion's not quite as severe. But go ahead, okay, keep you're going. telling me he could only he could only get the ball to Jeff Thomas once in the entire game? That is insane. You tell me Jeff Thomas hurt. can't get open? He he should be able to get the ball more than once. I agree, but he was playing hurt the other night. He didn't he didn't look right to me. Right. But yes, he, if he's going to be out there, he should get the ball more than once. There's no doubt about it. They were double covering okay. him, by the way. He was double covered a lot, just so you know. All right. Now, no, tonight, I haven't heard anybody bring up the uh, onside kick. Why wouldn't you pooch the ball down around the 10-yard line when they had everyone defending the onside kick? That was you definitely have the an option. number one defense in the country. You can't get the ball back with three timeouts. You've got to be kidding me. That they didn't get it back. They didn't get it back. Yeah, because of the guy pushed the guy in the back. This stupid. I understand, idiot. but they didn't get it back. <laughs> okay, but they come on, Gary. They didn't get it back. It didn't matter what they yard line the team was on. They didn't get the ball back. They didn't stop him. I, come on, Gary. They scored one touchdown from the seven yard line the whole night. Right. They there were four minutes left. I believe it was it was, it was close to four minutes left. I'll double check that. Three and a half minutes and three timeouts. Yeah, right. And they never got the ball back. They should have gotten the back. I know, Gary, but that was an re- unforeseen yeah, but, situation. Yeah, yeah but it, it, it happened. They got it back. It would have got it back. It, back. Right. it was dumb okay. and it happened. Well, Listen, here's, Gary, here's what I think. Isn't that the second time we've tried an onside kick? Hey, Greg, Greg, Greg you're, playing, you're playing the result, but you're, you're not totally wrong. Listen. They could have pooch kicked it and tried to get it inside the twenty. No doubt about it. That was one. That was definitely one option. Here, the ball was being kicked from the fifty. Here's what they were risking. If let's say they kicked it in the end zone, and the pooch kick didn't work, okay, the ball goes to the twenty-five. If, if, if theoretically the way that onside kick was supposed to work, if you don't get the ball, they got the ball to the thirty-five or forty instead of the twenty-five. There wasn't a lot of risk there. 
The thing blew up when the kick bounced straight up in the air. It was a horrible kick. The guy caught it, ran it all the way back into our territory. Still, they had a chance to stop him, let him kick a field goal. You would have been down by six, and you would have had more than two minutes to try to go down the field and score a touchdown and win the game. They never got that chance. So, you know, it's like it's, – it's everything. It's everybody. It's not just one thing and one guy or whatever. The whole thing was a mess. Okay. All right. Now, the next point. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not trying to say you're wrong. Yeah, he could have pooch kicked it, especially after we saw how it turned out. Of course you're going to say he pooch kicked it. But if they recovered the onside kick at the 40-yard line and only had to go 10 yards to be in position to tie the game and 40 yards to be in position to win the game, you wouldn't have been talking about a pooch kick. You're playing the result. But, I mean, yeah, that was an option, but you're playing the result. All right. I did a little research today. In the, uh, in the 2015 and 16 recruiting classes, which is the, supposed to be the core of your team right now, seniors and juniors, out of 41 recruit, uh, commitments, we only have 20 guys left on the team. So mm-hmm. in, in that point, you have to give Rick the, a little bit of a break. With yep. all this attrition, and how about and uh, how about not just those two years? How about all the years before those two years? This right. team's been on triple probation for a decade. Right. It was on real probation, and it was on self-inflicted probation by total mismanagement of recruiting, and 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 the players that were being taken, and that was the fault of the coaching staff, which wasn't evaluating. Okay, the but but now Rick's last two classes. 46 out of 47 are still in the program. It's a little better, Maybe right? We have some hope down the road. You definitely have hope. We... But they got to get better right. at quarterback, and they got to get better at the O line, and they got to find some defensive tackles, too. I think what they still have work. Still to do. Norton, McIntosh, Walton, Malik Young, and Amon Richards, we'd be a hell of a lot better. Much better. Yep. But you can't change, you can't okay. change history. All right. Now, what about. Uh, I heard them say they have silent commitments. Do you have, can you venture a guess on who that might be? Well, I mean, I've, I've put out the whole list of guys that I personally think are coming. I'm sure some of them might be silent committed. I mean, I can go through it again if you want. I mean, uh, running back, I think you're looking at Kenny McIntosh um, and uh, Mark Richards to go with Marcus Crowley. Uh, you know, wide receivers, I think they got a great shot at Hazelwood. I don't think he's a silent commit yet, but I think Jaden Hazelwood uh, could end up being the, the second receiver in this class. At tight end, I think uh, they're doing very well with Keon Zipper and uh, could even get Jalen Widmeyer, too, if they really, really want him. I think they could, they're doing very well at tight end. O-line, I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit of a dicier situation. Um, obviously, they're, they're hoping Evan Neal comes into the fold. He's a critical recruit. Uh, they're trying to get that Darius Washington kid out of Pensacola, uh, visited for the FSU game. He's uh, com- committed to Mississippi State right now. Uh, so, they're, you know, they're trying to round out with those two guys to go with Tarquin, who I think is a really good prospect, and Kingsley uh, Ekokon from Jacksonville, who's a really good center prospect. Uh, D-line. I mean, I don't know if Bogle is silently committed. He, he might be. I think they're going to get him. Um, I think Braylon Ingraham is another one they're going to get. May or may not be one of the silent commits that Mark Rick's talking about. I think they're doing very well with Lloyd Summerall. I think they got a shot with J.J. Weaver. If they can convince him 
that he should look out for his football well-being before he worries about staying home in Kentucky to be with his girlfriend. Um, I think, uh, let's see, DBs, I don't think there's a silent commitment or anything, but I think they got a great chance with Akeem Dent. And I think the chances are getting better with um, with Stevenson, Tyreek Stevenson. And I think they're going to get Cornelius Nunn from Palmetto also. So recruiting's looking pretty good. I mean, the question I have is how they're going to fit all these guys into the class. But that you know, the, that'll be a question for a day down the road. But you know, recruiting's hanging in there and doing pretty well. But you know, got to get things straightened out on the field. That's the priority right now. All right. I'm one last point about. Uh, Mark Richt is an evaluator of quarterbacks. Didn't he originally want Art Sikowski? Yeah. He was two for 16 for eight yards and four picks this week for Rutgers. Yeah. yeah. And look at look at the other – we've had Kaya, Rozier, Allison, Sheriffs, Perry, Weldon, and Williams, and we don't have one quarterback – that's above average out of the whole seven of them. Well, it's not very good, Greg. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's not good enough. And the one thing I will say is, and, and, you know, I know John Rick's under a lot of, uh, um, I don't know what the right word to use is. I mean, you know, people got them under a microscope right now and, and all that. One of the places where they're struggling the most is recruiting quarterbacks. You know, they can't get elite quarterbacks interested in this program. Now, part of the problem is people are looking at that they have Nicosi and Jaron Williams. But if one of these guys isn't an elite franchise guy, I mean, this program's in big trouble because they, they can't recruit top shelf quarterbacks right now. And, and that's a problem that Mark Rick's got to address. And uh, well, I, that's right. Very I high think- up on my list. Well, I think your idea you brought up about a month ago about Jalen Hurts isn't a bad idea at all. He's it's a great idea if they can get him to come. Right. If they can get him to come, it's a no-brainer. Right. right. Just like I said, we should have brought Shea Patterson in last year. I don't care what we had a quarterback. He's ten times better than anybody so we got. He would have been right, better Gary. than what they're playing with, yes. All right. Thank you. All right, Greg, thanks for being on the show as always. Let's go to the 757. You're on King Sport Live. You know they always. 757, you with us? Hello? Yeah, I'm with you, Gary. Let me tell you something, Gary. Who's this? What's up, KK? I get tired of you. What's up, KK? Always. What up, man? You're a good guy. I don't know too much about you. I met you a couple times. I'm a good guy. No, I'm a good guy. I really am. I'm a good guy. But you defend these coaches. You defend Malik. I'm not defending anybody. Who am I defending? I'm not going to let you finish. Forget this. We look like shit. We look like Terrible. garbage. He's the OC. He need to do better. No, man, forget that. I'm, I'm tired of sitting here listening to all this jibber-jabber, jibber-jabber. Rick is a good coach. As the people said in Georgia, he good for 10 wins. That's all he's going to get you. He's too laid back. And I remember that press conference when he came to Miami. If y'all do remember, because I do remember it was in December, because I was at a funeral. And they asked him, well, what made you decide to coach again or come back to coach or whatever? Well, alums, family, friends, they wanted me to coach. In so many words, he was like, well, you figure that's my alum, my alma mater, I'll come there and coach. Now, when I heard that, I said, this man don't want to coach. He said he was cool where he was at. Mark don't got it like that no more. He's probably a good coach, but the OC, like you said, everybody can say what they want. The OC, 
you just say, I don't know, we're off line, but he ain't doing a good job OC. Now, with Perry, to me, when you pull a young boy like that, you mess up his head. Malik got in the game. You're right. He didn't play three weeks. Well, hell, he should have been ready. He still won't. Matter of fact, the team won't ready. So blame all the staff. Don't fire him. Just blame him. It's ridiculous how this team keeps doing this, even with Randy, even with Al. I mean, they Rick, you know, one thing that they ain't do. ACC championship, we got our ass kicked. I was sitting there. Embarrassed. Come back, look like we're going to be good for LSU. The hype was there. That blew up. Have we beat anybody that's quality yet? Besides FSU, the rival? No, Boston College. That shit is going to be hard as hell. Who do you play at quarterback? I said, rather die with Perry. People say we ain't got no good quarterback. You don't know till you play the boy. Yeah, he threw six passes. Them passes won't have as bad as some of the stuff that Malik throws. So you need to stop that BS right now. You like Malik. Why, why, why are some, why are you and other people so, like, so, like, uh, what's so passionate about, about this? Like, I don't understand. Because he won 10 games last year? Well, let me tell you who won the 10 games. Turnover chain, turnover chain, turnover chain. They got a lot of them games. Look at it. We watch the games like you. Everybody has an opinion. Okay, listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. King, 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 slow down. Listen. Florida State game, okay? Nikozi Perry was 13 of 32, okay? 13 of 32 in the Florida State game. Now, what do you think happens? This is, wait, let me talk for a minute. This is like, put yourself in Mark, put yourself in Mark Rick's shoes, okay? You've just watched that film, okay? And you were down 20 points to a garbage, I'm not going to call him garbage, to a, a very average Florida State You did it. <laughs> I'll say very average Florida State team, okay? Very, very, very average, right? You fell behind by 20. Now, what do you think happens in that game? You had 18 yards passing in the first quarter, okay? King Kane, 18 yards in the first quarter of that game, okay? Um, did a little bit better in the second quarter. You had 89 yards passing at halftime, okay? And... I just told you what the stats were for the game, even with that. Now, what do you think happens in that game, that Florida State game, if the defense didn't get those two turnovers at the FSU 20-yard line that set up, you know, quick, quick hit right. scoring drives? Would they score two touchdowns right. in 40, 42 seconds? Right. What do you think happens to, in that game if that didn't happen? Right? We're still going to try to come back. We, we probably no, but lose. we get our butts kicked. They lose, by, they lose by at least two touchdowns. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. They lose okay. by at least no, no, so you don't at least two touchdowns. That's why people stop. Go ahead. Kane, Kane, wait. Go I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to let you go. But I'm just, I'm just putting you in the, in the coach's shoes. They lose to Florida yes, State sir. by yes, two sir. touchdowns, and this meltdown that we're seeing now would have happened a week ago. Okay, listen. They got lucky. They got out of there. Okay? We won the game. Everyone, everything's great, right? Now you start this game. And you're down ten nothing, and the kids thrown two interceptions, okay, in in the first quarter of the game, and they were they weren't just interceptions, they were horrendous interceptions. I mean, what they the heck? Was supposed, what was he supposed Mm-mm. to do? Okay, they okay. had Here's twenty yards passing. They had eighteen you yards passing in the first quarter against Florida State, and they had twenty yards <laughs> passing against Virginia in the first quarter. It's what the heck start. was he supposed to do? Start. It's a, you ride or die with him. You mess up the kid head like that. You ride or die with him. Well, you came in the game. He, he never should have been the starting quarterback in the first place. No. Well, should have been on the bench. You guys are defending something. You don't even know what you're defending. 
You, this kid, this kid doesn't have any track record. There's no track record by the Grizzly Berries. You guys are fighting like, 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 like this thing is a life. Like, 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 fighting others. Like, this is unbelievable. I will shut up if you tell me Mark's a good old seat. Hell no, he ain't. Point blank. He, ha- he hasn't been, he hasn't been so far. He hasn't been so far, Kane Kane. Kane Kane, he hasn't been. I'm going to tell you, stop winning 10. Win something. No, win they listen, they're losing, they're losing every good team they anything. play. That's not, that's not good coordinating. You're right about and that. And you're going to lose a lot of recruits. You saying people that's there hanging on a limb. Man, these kids are fickle as hell, and you know it. Oh, Miami told to be this. Oh, dad, I'm going to Alabama. All it takes is one call. Yo, baby, we got these championships. Want to come? My hands up. I'm gone. Hey, Mark Rick, good guy, good coach, Christian man, love you. But it ain't working in the 305. Things have got to change. It ain't your fault, but it relies on that coaching staff. I ain't saying fire nobody. Change up something. Yeah, the offensive line is all, but I agree with you there. But something got to change. And I say... You know, I believe you already know who's going to be the starting quarterback. I know he's not going to I have no idea. I, I know what I would do, but I have no idea. I, I have no idea, and I don't have a vested interest, okay? I'm just looking okay, well, at what's getting, going on on the field, and I'm seeing losing the Florida State by 20, and I'm seeing losing the Virginia by 10, and I'm seeing horrendous passing game, and I'm seeing the fact that they scored 49 points at Toledo, and the offense looked great. That's, and and, and it, the offense was doing just fine until Mark Rick started this foolishness. And he did it to himself. Well, well, I put it to you like that. If he did it to himself, he got a ride or die with it. I will tell you this. If they lose one more game, you play every quarterback you got. Because since everybody says we don't have nobody, I don't know. Jerry Wynn was a four-star. Nobody knows what he's going to do. Nobody knows if he get a five-star quarterback. Hell, we had Kyle Wilder was a five-star. You might see Jaron Williams. You might see Jaron Williams if they get out of the coastal race. But you're going to see me in Miami on November 3rd when they play Duke. Hey, man, I ain't bitching at you or fussing at you, but we just look like some no, We're good. And we're good. I, I, it's, just, hey, it's just driving me crazy to see the passion that people have, have about this quarterback thing. And I understand everybody's frustrated with Malik that he's, not, that he's not better than what he is. I get it. But, Jesus, you won 10 games with him last year. And right now, I'll, I'll take a 10-win season right now and go take my shot against Clemson and Charlotte. I, 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 I got you, but a Hail Mary pass at Florida State, lucky. The Georgia Tech 4-10, lucky. He had a lot of luck on the side. North Carolina game, they were driving the damn near win the game. What happened? Turnover chain, turnover chain. Turnover chain helped that boy a lot. Trust and believe me. He didn't win a lot of them games by a damn self. Tears over chain. Turnover chain. Of course he That's did. He's not good no, enough to win games by himself. Five. Man, like I said before, a lot of turnovers helped Malik last year. You know it, I know it. Every Kane fan out there know it. If you love the Kane, tell the truth. Stop playing with Gary. Love you, brother. Got to go. Peace. <laughs> Stop playing with Gary. All right, Kane Kane. Of course he didn't win the games by himself. He's not good enough to win a game by himself. But you're going to have close games in football. I mean, you're going to have games that go deep into the fourth quarter multiple times in a season. Okay, that's part of the game. And, you know, you can't hold it against the guy that he pulled it out in the last minute of the game twice. I mean, give him credit for it. He he did it. He he came through when he had to come through. All right, 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 941. You're live on Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. Wait, this ain't Ross. 
No, guess who it is. Uh oh, we got a we got an imposter. Who is it? You got a mystery guy here. <laughs> it's Mikester Kane from Port Charlotte. Hey, what's up, Mikester? How are you, man? Hey, well, um, well, I'm mad, of course. You know, I'm, I'm I'm mad about the whole thing. You know, I really am. And you know, I I understand we're Kane Kane going off and everything, but. I, in my opinion, I think I think Rick could have won the game at the very end by not doing that onside kick at the 50-yard line. I think what he should have done, dude, he should have kicked it to Timbuktu and just play deep in their own territory, okay? That's what I think he should have done. Because your defense was playing well, there was probably a decent chance of getting a three and out and getting the ball back in relatively good field position and maybe if had a chance to get in the field goal range and tie it up, maybe even win the game. That's what I think he should have done there, Gary. Yeah, I mean, so, look, he had three options. We just talked about him a minute ago. I mean, he, he could have pooch kicked it. He could have kicked it out of the end zone, or he could have tried the onside kick. Uh, if he kicks it out of the end zone, the ball goes to the 25-yard line. So he's really only risking right. 10, 10 to 15 yards, theoretically, by going for the onside kick. Um, he goes for the onside kick if he gets it. Now they they got to go about 10 yards to get in field goal range. They're 40 yards away from winning the game. So there was a lot of reward there if they got the kick. There wasn't a lot of downside. The problem was the kick got botched. And now, yeah. now, you're, in a bad, now you're in a bad situation. And even then, if the defense had just yeah. stopped them and gotten off the field and not committed stupid penalties, now you got yeah. over two minutes – to do your hurry up offense, you got your two minute offense. You practice it every week. Right. You got it. You got it ready to go, locked and loaded, and you go and you try to win the game. No, None of it worked out. That penalty, that penalty was a lack of discipline. Total lack of lack, discipline. Total lack of discipline, Gary. You know, I, I just, I, I remember he was in another game and he committed the same thing. I, I forgot which one it was, but he shouldn't have been in there. In my opinion, he should not have been in there because well, that's a whole, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, Gary, I got to let you go. I got to get my daughter to bed. So, uh, Hey, it was great talking to you and, uh, go Canes. Hopefully they can figure out a way to win against Boston college. At least they got two weeks to do it. So, Let's let's hope that uh, got to find got to find a way. Losing that game's unacceptable. The season's a disaster right. if they lose that game. The season's a disaster well, if they lose again. Yes, 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 and we don't. That's not acceptable. I mean, that is not acceptable. I mean, they know it. I assure you, Mark. Mark Rick knows it, and I. Yeah. I have confidence that he's sitting there doing everything that he can do, summon from his years of experience to try to get this team ready to play a week from Friday. Right. We'll see how they do. All, we'll right, we'll, we'll, all right, Mike. Thanks as always for being part of the show. All right. Five, six, three, nine, 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 three, six, three, three, hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go out to the, let's go to the three Oh five. You're live on Kane sport live. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing good. Who's this? Hey, it's Schmira 55. Hey, Schmira. How you doing this week, man? Oh man, I'm pissed, Gary. And I, ne- you know what? And I never really get angry. And I'm, 
I can't even remember the last time I was actually angry at this team. You know, there's been a lot of disappointment with Golden and Shannon where you just kind of knew it was inevitable. But you know what? I really kind of felt we turned the corner last year, and I gave them a lot of excuses towards the end of the year with the Clemson game and then, you know, Wisconsin, which is being a little outmanned, but the team tried hard. I mean, Gary, what I saw on Saturday was just an utter disaster. And it was actually like a a malpractice of coaching. Because you walk in there with an elite defense, with elite players like, you know, Gerald Willis, Jaquan Johnson, these linebackers. I mean, these guys don't come around every day. And you walk in there with all this talent, put your kids in terrible – like, I mean, I brought this up almost every week that I've spoken to you. you got to guy, put guys – I mean, I, I don't know what, why everyone on this message board and all over the papers have such a hard-on for this Terry. He's not good. He's not going to be the quarterback of the future. I've said I that just talked about that. It's, it's, un, it's unbelievable to me. He had 18 why yards passing. Why do they have such a hard-on for this? I don't average. get it. The, the team – they started them the last two weeks, and they've been in massive holes. Like, they, they were down 20 against Florida State. They were down 10 in one quarter against Virginia. I mean, and nothing was happening. I, I, it's in, I don't get it. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, so you put Rozier in. He's a little safer. You know, oh, okay, big deal. I mean, and I, you could pull up the calls from three weeks ago. I said this kid Perry's going to put you in a bad position and throw some bad picks. I mean, I you knew did. that was going to happen. You did. But, so did I. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, but I don't even want to talk about the quarterbacks because it's already, you know, it's for another day. But, I mean, basically what I've seen is that this Miami team under Mark Rick has basically dominated and come out to play in one big game in three years, and that's against Notre Dame last year. Every other game besides that has basically been a 50-50 game where, you know, they, they, you know, they basically have been on the better side of a lot of those, and they've lost some games. So, I mean, uh, I, I just don't think that re- – I mean – Look, I, I, I don't think they were not ready to play. The effort, the effort was there, Shmira. They, they played hard. Yeah. The effort was there. It wasn't an effort no, that, situation. But, but it's, it's the fact that you're not putting your skill position players in a position to make plays. I mean, that's, well, that's true. I mean, it, it, it took them until the last drive to finally throw some screen passes, throw some short five-yard passes. I mean, those plays were there all day long. I don't understand. Like, I, 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 I'm telling you, I never get angry. And I've watched every game of this Hurricanes for, I don't know, 38, probably 36 years. I mean, this is one of the most aggravated I've ever been. And you know what? And this goes back to this. And you said that they came out to play, but against LSU, they did not come out to play at all. They seemed completely. It was almost. It was almost an embarrassment as a Kings it, fan, to be honest. It, it starts. It starts up front. If you take that seventy-yard Travis Homer run out of the equation, they had fifty-eight yards on twenty-two carries in that game. Yeah. I mean that's and horrendous. I hate to say it. Yeah. If if home. <laughs> And I don't, you know, and you know, they could have got bailed out because I feel like we're just delaying the inevitable here because something's got to change. They got lucky with Florida State. They get those two turnovers. If they don't get those two turnovers, they're not winning that damn game. And Florida not State even coming close awful. to winning the game. I mean, that game is over. I mean, completely over. So, I mean, if by the way, if Travis Homer scores a touchdown, which I, I cannot believe he didn't score a touchdown on that run. I mean, that's pretty not embarrassing, but it's pretty bad for for uh, a running back of Miami caliber, not to completely. Not He's to got to be banged up or something. Cause he wasn't running four, four. I, I, I feel pretty no, sure of that. I, I, 
that could be a different game, though, if he scores a touchdown. But but still delaying the inevitable. I mean, I actually thought our hardest game was going to be this Boston College game, and I was ready to book a flight up there to really support this team and do it. But I, I can't get as frustrated as I was last week watching another just a, a malpractice in coaching. And, and I just hope that this, you know, it's not no. a disaster by any means. And I think Mark Rick is a great, you know, figurehead for this program. I think that recruiting is kind of heading in the right direction. Obviously, if you take a few more losses, anything could change. Or Manny Diaz in his defense is his – I mean, he's playing lights out. I mean, I can't remember. I mean, these are like Randy Shannon defenses from back in the day. You're playing really tough and hard. I mean, so, I mean, but it's just – it's not fair that this offense, which Rick is supposed to be this quarterback guru and why he's here – and the quarterbacks and the offensive play—I uh, mean, offensive line play—is awful. But the quarterbacks are just terrible, and the play calling is terrible. It's unbelievable. It's—it's—it's it's, it's something well, that I really cannot fathom. Look, I—I—I've watched it over and over and over again, and I saw him try all different types of plays. He tried. He threw it short. He threw it long. People have said to me, why didn't he throw high percentage passes? You know, and I, I saw him throw high percentage passes. I, you know, I saw a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, everything, things were, things, things were so bad, Shmira, and the, the, the execution of individual plays was so horrific that, I don't know how anybody even gets to the point where they have a judgment about play calling. I mean, it's an easy target. It's what everybody always does whenever there's losses in football. Passionate fans get pissed and they point fingers at coaches. I mean, it's been going on for for, for a century or however long the game of football has been around. But, but, you know, everything was so bad on all these individual plays that I don't know how anybody even gets to evaluating the guy calling the plays. I mean, it, it, the, the execution was horrendous. On the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm watching balls sure, thrown sure. In, into triple coverage. I mean, that last intersect, interception by Perry, there were three guys surrounding Mike Harley. I, I, I can't even bring back the memories of, of even watching that game. It was so bad. It was like being in like a bad dream. And I, I never really get too emotional because I normally, you know, I've seen a lot of good, bad, ugly. I've seen it all. I can't remember being this aggravated and this angry because I – truly thought that they had turned the corner and, and it's, and just having this is just really just, I mean, it's, you, by the way, you saw this happening, by the way, you did just, you saw the lose to LSU of kind of a quality team. And then really, you know, this FIU, you know, they had their little easy game, even that North Carolina score is completely a false score. I mean, the offense really didn't do much that game. I mean, North Carolina. No, they they had 12 passes in that game, 12 passes. The defense had, what I think, six turnovers. I mean, so, I mean, being a smart guy like you are, how do you not think you're going to go to Boston College, you're going to win that game, you're going to go to Georgia Tech and win that game, you're not going to get embarrassed by Virginia Tech? I mean, come on. From day one, I didn't understand what he was doing. I didn't understand what he was doing from day one. Why he did, why he why he turned the apple cart over the way he did, I'll never understand. And I'm not the least bit surprised where it's, where it is today. And I've been everyone. I mean, everyone who's honest will tell you, I was saying it from day one, they were fighting with me. And I kept saying, I don't get what he's doing. Oh, Gary loves Rozier. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that a hundred times a day. No, I don't love Rozier. I love winning football games. I love seeing all of you guys happy and, and excited about your team. I, I, you know, I'm not in anybody's camp. I don't favor individual players, but I, 
I understand that the goal of this season is to get to Charlotte. I understand this is not a national championship team. And I don't understand how a guy that did it last year who is coming back this year until somebody proves that they're distinctly better than him, which is certainly not the case, that you don't ride with him and, 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 until he, until he fails. Gary, I think I was the only one that I, I don't I, like. I said, you I, I you were you were right there with agreeing with. Yeah, that I mean, listen, I'm not saying Rozier is the God's savior, but he did it last year, and he. You know, you, you try not to make mistakes to get you to the to the to the finish line. Yeah. At least get to Charlotte. And I, God's I, let's let's just talk about Dur- uh, Williams. How far away is he, and is it even worth burning a red shirt? Uh, I wouldn't burn a red shirt. If they get out of the coastal race, I would consider giving well, him some playing time. I think he's appeared in one one game so far. Um, yeah. I, I, I believe it's one. So I think he could appear in three more games. So if they get out of the coastal race, I would let him appear in three more games. I wouldn't start him or anything like that, but I would get him, try to get him some significant playing time in three more games and see how he does. And we'll see. I am nervous you know? for the rest. I am very nervous for the rest of this season. I'll tell you that much. Well, very if, if, if they don't show up and play for next Friday night, like it's the last game of their life, season's going to go down the tubes. Yep. And it's going to be like it's going to be like one of the one of the golden disaster years. Yeah. You'll see what this team's made of a week from Friday. A week from Friday, you will see what this team is made of. And I was actually looking forward to I mean, I, not that I say I might not. But that actually could have could have been a really cool game to go to Boston in a Friday night on. I mean, great game to go to. Yeah, I, I think you buy your I'm plane not, ticket. It's going to be it's going to be a great place to be that night. It's gonna be a good I atmosphere. I was at plenty of games. I was at that Ed Reed game. I mean, I, I've, yeah. I've been to go buy your ticket. Great place to watch. Go buy your yeah, ticket. I know. And I say the same I, thing I, to I, everybody I else out there that's been saying that they're jumping off the bandwagon and they're not going to go to games anymore. Don't do that to yourself. Get yourself no, to no, Boston. No, Get get to Boston a week from Friday. I'm saying that to everybody. Get to Boston a week from Friday. I was physically physically sick. Saturday night and into Sunday. That I and I'm getting too old to feel physically sick about football games. <laughs> I, I didn't get. I didn't sleep one minute. I I, I was up 36 uh, hours straight. I I went on the uh, message board at 1:30 in the morning and I and and I couldn't get off it. It was unbelievable. I mean, I just couldn't. I had I had to try to like you know be there and just like you know try to get some sanity going. It was insane. Yeah. I feel a little but bit better. People today. need to go to Boston. They need to go to Boston. Get to Boston. Yeah. That game is a huge game for this program. Yeah. And, you know, we'll right. see. We'll, well, we'll see what happens. Right? Let's see. All right, guys. All right. Have a good All right, Shmira, Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys. You've heard me talk about this place all year long, this restaurant chain that is captivating so many people in the Miami fan base, and that's Sicilian Oven, one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in South Florida. And I don't have to tell you that there's all kinds of places around town where you can go eat your pizza. We've been talking about this for weeks now. There is no place, and I mean no place like Sicilian Oven, which has six locations throughout South Florida. At Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations 
mixed into a carefully designed menu. And many of their recipes have been handed down from generations through generations of the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. It begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings, and it expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you will find at the nearest corner. You love wings. They marinate their wings in Italian herbs and spices, and they wood fire them, and they serve them with delicious caramelized onions. Sicilian Oven also offers a wide array of specialty dishes, from eggplant to mussels, fire-roasted shrimp palermo, soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, no matter what you feel like eating, you'll find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. On your way or leaving Hard Rock Stadium, visit the Plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive or the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. Need a place to eat? Great food? Watch a road game? Watch the games this weekend? There's other locations in Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st, and in Boca Raton. And the new location on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale, has a full liquor bar. Sounds like a good place for a bunch of guys to spend this Saturday without Canes football, watching the other teams around the country seeing the type of offenses they run and comparing it and seeing if that changes your perspective on what's going on here at Miami. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian oven and SicilianOven.com. You'll not only love the taste, you'll taste the love. We'll have that Sicilian oven point counterpoint segment that everybody enjoys so much coming up in a moment. But first, let's get back to your calls. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? What's going on, Gary? This doing great. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Buki? How you doing, man? What's You're not going to yell at me like Kane Kane did, are you? Uh, I'm not gonna yell at you, Gary, but Kane Kane, let me have wanna, it. But, uh, I do want to, I do want to debate you a little bit by between Malik and uh, Perry. First of all, you keep mentioning the ten games or whatever. Like, the, like the defense didn't bail Malik out plenty of times last year when they did. I can remember that he damn near blew the FSU game on a pick, and the defense got the ball back for him. So let's not start. Let's not. Let's not compare talking about the defense that helped Perry out and our okay, and I don't care about the defense helping anybody out. Did you hear no, what I no, said no, a minute no, ago? No, 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 no. Wait, did you hear what, what you I said a minute that? ago? I know, I'm gonna what let you talk, say? but did you hear what I said a minute ago? Did no, you what did you, you did say, you hear? Okay. Florida State. Okay, what did I say? Thirteen of thirty two in the passing game? a twenty nothing deficit. Twenty nothing first half deficit. How many huh? touchdown passes were dropped in that game? Oh, there were balls dropped. You're right. You're right about that. But I mean, you started out that game. He started out the game. How many? How many games has has Rozier? Start? You keep talking about how they start off. How many games has well, Rozier started off looking like crap, Gary? Come on, stop not it. trailing Listen, twenty to you, not trailing by twenty and ten back to back weeks. Gary, wasn't wasn't UVA up like thirty twenty eight something on us last year? Come on, Gary, what are you talking 
talking about? What are you talking, Gary? Listen, Uki. <laughs> I just, I'm just Kelly giving you my opinion. It's just my opinion. Okay, I'm not saying it's, it has, it's not going to affect what Mark Rick does. You don't have to worry about that. I'm giving you my opinion. I want to see the team win five games in a row. I think they got a better chance of doing it with Malik Rozier as a starting and, quarterback. Okay, that's, that's okay. my opinion. Go ahead. Whatever, Gary. My whole, my whole thing is an opinion. Kelly Bryant, Kelly Bryant let Clemson. Damn near a game away from winning, going back to a national championship. But Dabo Swinney thought he had a better chance getting back there with a damn true freshman quarterback. So my whole thing is this: almost, almost cost him, almost cost him the Syracuse. It, 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 it almost cost him the Syracuse game. You're right about that. But, but you know what the difference is with that team and, and, and Miami right now? I don't know right. if you saw that game. Their offensive line, the when they got in trouble with the quarterbacks, their offensive line, they took the game over. Gary, you've been trashing the offensive line of Miami since Al Golden's here. And you know half, it's of, been those horrendous. half of those guys have been collecting paychecks in the NFL. Those, half of those guys that started here are playing or is some on somebody's roster in the NFL collecting paychecks. Okay. That's not a since Brandon issue. Lender that's, left. How many guys have made a, it in that, the NFL? That's not a that's, that's not a challenge. Who's made it in the NFL since a, Lender left, Dookie? Come on, man. Nobody's made it in the NFL since who? who what offensive lineman's made it in the NFL since Brandon Linder? We got Feliciano that's starting with the Raiders. They were together. You got. Those were the that was the same line, and that was Randy Shannon's line. Randy Shannon recruited Gary, those guys. Gary, I wish I could provide that. That there was an article that came out, and Miami was in like the top three or top five of programs that have been producing offensive linemen in the last ten years. And I'm guarantee you the same thing that's going on now. Gary, let me let me just explain this to you. You keep talking about talent. We don't know what kind of talent we have, because you know what, we haven't developed anybody yet. But you get you mean to tell me that all of a sudden in two years that Mario has re- went out there and recruited a bunch of four or five stars to come to Oregon? There is no comparison between no, the no, talent no, no, evaluation no, 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 of offensive linemen that Mario Cristobal does and what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay, so then now no comparison. So now and really, you can look at his no, track record no, at Alabama, no, no, so Gary, so and Gary, now look at so what he's Gary, doing at Oregon. So Gary, there's no so now, comparison. So now we're you're not now you're we're agreeing that there's an issue with coaching and talent evalu- evaluation with that with that position, right? And recruiting, yeah. Okay, so who does that fall on? Who hired Serials? Of course, everything falls on the head coach. Okay, and that goes back to my main point. He has a history of hiring bad assistants. Mark Rick doesn't even have a real coaching tree, okay? So he has done the same thing that he did at Georgia and why why there was a lot of issues with him at Georgia because he would not make the right hires. He makes safe hires. He makes hires with guys that he feels comfortable with. Peru was not a hire that he wanted. So, therefore, that's why those two didn't get, to get, get along together. But Peru was a guy that the administration wanted. He didn't want Pruitt. Peru. My whole, Pruitt. 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 So, my whole, yeah. so my, whole thing, my whole thing is this. He makes, soft, he makes the hires that he's comfortable with, not necessarily the hires that's going to help pr- pr- progress the program. It's just like – Nick Saban probably knew he wasn't going to get along with Lane Kiffin. He probably knew their personalities was going to crash, but he knew for certain that Lane Kiffin knows offense and was going to help him win games. 
and he's hired him with no problem. He, he probably doesn't get along with anybody on his staff, but he hires the guys who he feels like can help him win games. And that's what Mark Rick needs to understand. You hire who you, – you're failing the kids, man. At the end of the day, you're failing the kids by not getting them the best coaching that you can get them. The staff's doing pretty well, Uki. Come on. There's a couple, there's a couple issues. I, I agree with you. Who do you think's not doing a good job? The same guy we've been talking about, everybody's been talking about, the damn old line coach. And if you okay. want, and if you want to, if you want to go a little deep, if you want to go a little deeper, you can point your finger at Mark Rick and his son together, because they're the both they're both in charge of, of developing the quarterback. And Gary, okay. don't give me this. Well, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Hold on, Gary. Hold on. Hold on. And don't give me this. Who else? The how? Can you let me speak? I want you to finish that subject. Get it, wait, finish that topic, and then go. Then go forward. Who else besides the besides quarterback and O line? Those are the only two right now that I have a problem with. D line, you okay. can't believe really, you fair, can't. Fair, you can't fair really. enough. Okay, so seven seven of the nine coaches are doing a decent job, right? Correct. Okay, I'm Correct. with you. Go ahead. Everything. So my whole thing is, Gary, and don't give me this crap about our quarterbacks are this bad, because I guarantee you, there's a coach, there's a few coaches out there that love to have Miami's offensive personnel, including the offensive line. So don't give me this crap about a lack of talent with the quarterbacks or a lack of talent with the offensive line. It's a coaching issue, Gary. And Perry was one of the what second, third, uh, high, highly recruited. Uh, Dual threat quarterbacks coming out within what was it, 2017? He got offers from all top five program, um, uh, power five programs. Come on, man! Like, don't stop. Don't. This is what you do when certain players come here and they don't perform. All of a sudden, they're not good enough. But when we're recruiting them, and Ooh, okay. sometimes them, I know. Sometimes I know what the problems are. You know, I'm not going to throw kids under the bus and say everything all the time. But like, I mean, sometimes I know that there's issues and different things and. But you know Gary, why? Gary. Why things may be what they may be. I mean, Alabama, there's there's Alabama's been beating the hell out of teams with one good receiver for the last ten years, Gary. One okay, do you know that? Do you know that that half about at least half, if not more than half, of the quarterbacks that Alabama has signed in the last four or five years have, have transferred out of Alabama? Did you know that, Gary? We're not talking. I'm not talking, but I'm not. Listen, no, I'm trying to show, I'm, and, and they signed every one of them was a four. four wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you something. Every one of them was a four-star or a five-star. The, right. the kid at South Florida now is at his third school. He started at Bama. You know, it happens. I mean, not everybody plays up to their rating coming out of high school. Yeah, but, he, but, he's, but Saban has found somebody to run his offense, correct? He's found he's, yeah. whatever whatever because he keeps recruiting. He keeps recruiting until okay. he gets the right guys. Exactly, and Mark Rick is, hasn't done that. That's what that's, that's what a problem for them this. right now. No doubt, right now they're no place to run quarterback. Even now, even now in the situation that we have, let's just say this scenario happens, Gary. Okay, Kate Weldon is having issues, obviously outside of, outside the um off off the field. So if let's just happen to say that this guy transferred going going in towards the spring. Williams comes in, he he beats he beats out uh Perry. Perry decides to do a Kelly Bryant and he and he dips. So you have right now you you only have one scholarship quarterback. You, you stop recruiting one quarter you stop recruiting quarterbacks because you missed out on one. 
So now you don't want to go look for a JUCO or just see what else is out there. That just doesn't make. Uh, my guess is that decision and, and, hasn't been has that, not been and, made and, yet, Uki. They, I don't think they've made that decision yet. I think they got to see how this season ends. And then another, and that's not just that, that option's that always there. It's not just that position. It's other critical positions that are like that. Even with the I O agree. line and the D and the D line, the O line, the D line, yeah. I think they got to be open to transfers. I agree with you. You're recruiting one guy, and that's it. But we, but we're Halloween death, 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 death. But we're not even recruiting to that. I mean, I'm so sick of receivers. It's making me sick because we're not even using, we're not even developing the receivers that we have now. So what is the point of having Hazelwood on the team just to say, oh, we got a bunch of four or five star receivers on the on the team? Well, because ha- because Hazelwood potentially. Is Amon Richards' replacement? Hazelwood, okay, athletically, I get that. I get that, he, he I get athletically that. he's at a different level than your typical receivers, including most of the guys on the team right now. Right now, and none that's of why them you're are recruiting doing, them. And none of them are doing anything, Gary. My whole well, you're right. They're not. That. They're not doing. They're not doing as much as you would think they'd be able to. But you know, like Mark Pope has found that he's not strong enough yet. He can't, you know, he's just not, he's just not explosive and strong enough yet. It's different than when he was able to just run around and do whatever he wants. On the high school Let me ask field. you this. Let me ask you this, Gary. Do you feel like Mark Pope would have been, a, been would have been somewhat of a uh, impact with Alabama if he would have went no. to Alabama this year? No. Hey, no. no. You see what you, no. You see what Jerry Judy's doing there this year? I, I, I see what, I'm I'm seeing what Jerry Judy. I see what okay. Jerry he Judy didn't do it last year. Like, he didn't do it last year. Uki. He played. He played a little, but he didn't do. He didn't. He he was fifty percent. He was fifty percent. Wait a minute, of the player that he is today, he was fifty percent of that last year. There's a big difference between first year and second year, and there's a big difference after you've been in eating properly in 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 a college program for a year, training properly, working in the weight room properly. Big difference between year one and year two. Mark Pope. 12 months from now will be a whole different player. Just like Jeff Thomas today is as he had moments as a freshman. There is no comparison in how Jeff Thomas shows up at the stadium today and, still, and, and how he showed up last year. Would you agree with still, that? Are we still, yeah. What would you agree? Yes, I right, would. Very, yes, I would right? very huge, massive, massive difference. He was hurt this week. Uki, okay, he was hurt this week. Okay, he was playing hurt. His, Back here's my thing. Back to the Perry Malik thing, right? You 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 keep talking about Malik won ten games, but he also lost his four games as well. So I don't, okay. I don't get the. I just want to see the team get to Charlotte, man. I, when, so I'm giving you an opinion. That, who says that? Who says that Perry can't get in there? Who says hey, what evidence do we there? have that he can? He he okay, had two interceptions in the first quarter the other night and 20 yards passing. He had 18 year, yards passing in the first quarter against year, Florida State. Before last, Gary, before last year, what evidence did you have that Rosier could get you to a – None. I, none. Okay. The only evidence we had so was that he wasn't as good as Kaya, who was also L, L, average. L, before, before Keith Dorsey made his first start, what evidence did you have that, that he was going to get you to a national championship? You don't know what you have until you let it play out, Gary. Period. That's the same. You don't know what you have. Diablo doesn't know what he's going to have with this young kid. He doesn't know. He may, he may drop a couple of games with this guy. He may run the damn table with this guy. But you he's going to run the table, he's... And, and he's trying to get good enough to beat Alabama at the end of the year. That's, all, that's what Dabo's doing. 
and he and he but feels like is, this kid's elite. This Trevor Lawrence kid's elite. We Miami doesn't have a quarterback close to the Trevor Lawrence right now. Okay, unless man. Jaron oh, unless Jaron oh, Williams or Nikosi becomes that guy, but you know what? You know, you know what? I, you know what also that Trevor Trevor Lawrence doesn't have coaching him. He doesn't have Mark Rick as his OC or his or his quarterback coach either. That, no, I, I mean sure that, Clemson's got a good I'm staff. Sure that, I, I'm sure, no argument. I'm sure that's helping his. I'm sure help that's helping his development right now. But like I said, right, I know. Hey, right, I gotta let you go. I gotta let you go because we gotta get to our point counterpoint Sicilian oven segment. Right, I got uh, I got those right, guys right. on deck here. But uh, you make great points as always. Thanks uh, thanks for being part of the show, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And it's time now for a favorite segment of many. It's the Sicilian Oven point-counterpoint segment with Bruce Warner, who brings on a special former Kane guest with him. And uh, tonight, Bruce has the guy that I think everyone is going to recognize his name, Mr. Dwayne Starks, standout former cornerback for the Hurricanes, who's been doing a bunch of different things since he left the U. Um, very recently was working for the Ravens organization. Now he's doing some different things that we'll let him talk to you about. Bruce and Dwayne, how are you guys doing this evening? Man, I'm great, man. How you doing, Gary? Doing good, yeah, doing good, Bruce, man. Hey, hey, Dwayne, what's up? Yeah, it's great to be what's back up, on. Man? I was away last week, um, but... So Gary, uh, I, I kind of—it kind of sounds like you're doing your own episode of Naked and Afraid. Uh, I'm doing this <laughs> <tonight>. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> you must feel naked in your own home and afraid. Man, you, just be happy you were on a cruise. Be happy you were on a cruise and you weren't on the message board Saturday night at, at three o'clock oh, in the morning. Yeah. Like that was. Whoa! So I got my buddy Dwayne on here, and um, you know I remember watching. Al Golden's first game with D. Starks. We were watching the game, and the first thing he said to me was, "Bruce, look, there's our DBs are ten yards off the ball." <laughs> <laughs> wow! And here we are, all these years later, and um, our defense is pretty damn good, but our offense. Is... So, tell us about some of this stuff, Dwayne. You know, you keep hearing about the offense and the play calling and the quarterback play, and definitely the offensive line. Because I've been talking to to Leon and Kelvin and Claude and a bunch of them. Talk to us about what you're seeing when you're watching them play. Well, what I'm seeing uh, is predictability. I mean, you, you're starting to predict what's going on with the team. Uh, offensively, we're not ready. Uh, the other thing that I see when it comes to the quarterback play, uh, you know, I think they would take more chances with Rozier, or either that's Rozier taking chances himself. And then when you talk about Nikosi Perry, uh, he's a he's a guy that can make some things happen. Both guys can make things happen with their feet. But when you look at Nicosi, and especially in the Florida State game, and it was too much conservative play calling, uh, even when they didn't have a chance. You know, the defense turned the game over. I mean, turned the game around for them. But when they did not have a chance, they were not attacking the ball downfield. They were not throwing deep. We have great receivers. Uh, but they're not going to be great if we don't get them the ball. If we don't get them the ball or get the quarterback time to actually sit back to throw the ball, then that's what you're going to have. You're going to have everyone arguing about the offensive line, everyone arguing about who should be the starter. But, you know, it it is what it is right now because 
we I don't think we've designed those plays offensively to work in either one of those guys' favor. Yeah, let me ask you this because I wrote this down and I, I I texted it to Gary during the week. So mm-hmm. LSU first half three points, Florida State first half seven points, Virginia mm-hmm. six points. That's sixteen points in the first half of the three games that were really on our schedule, the hardest games. What does that tell you? Well, that tells me that they're not completely uh, prepared uh, for – they're actually relying on their adjustments, which they make pretty good adjustments offensively uh, and, of course, defensively as well. But if you don't go in with the proper game plan, you're more so playing catch-up on where you need to be. And that's, that's one dangerous. thing that, yeah, it, it is. I mean, is look at it, these 16 team, points in three games, that's not good at all. And actually, in the one or the other, and what? Uh, how many points do we have in the second half against Virginia? Seven? So, in actuality, yeah. we've scored 23 points in, 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 six, in six halves <laughs> of football. That's horrible. So, what does that tell you? It basically tells you that whatever you're preparing during the week is not, is not working. Right. You're not preparing – you're probably trying to copycat what someone else is doing instead of getting better at what you do, you know, and and that's what you have to do. You have to get better at what you do offensively. And if you're looking, like, I I always take it back to the NFL. When you watch a team, you know what they're going to do. And you watch any good team, Alabama, back in college, Alabama, LSU, you know, those good teams, you know the plays that they're going to do, but they're good at doing it. So till we get to that point, you're going to always have these these type of arguments on who should be the starter quarterback, who should, what place should we run. There's going to always be that debate. But, you know, until then, when everything starts to click on the, the right cylinders, you're going to continue to have these conversations. Yeah, and when also when a guy, when the head coach says, well, this stuff worked 30 years ago, that's a little frightening to me. That was a bad – that was a bad <laughs> – Bad phrase that he used in the in the heat of the moment. Well, they're not running. Yeah. I know, but they're either. not running thirty-year-old plays. Today's offense is totally not. different. I know they're not. I know they're not. Gary, nah, but, they're, but they are predictable, totally and they're not coming out ready to do it. They're they're yeah. Basically, they're just saying, "Here's the same crap we've been doing for the last couple of years here at Miami." And if they don't, they're losing, then they may make some changes. Like I heard one of the callers. I don't know all these names. You might, but the one guy was talking about swing passes in the flat. Yeah, they had a few swing passes, passes in the flat to Travis Homer at the end of the game. Why weren't they doing that in the beginning of the game? It was there. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, Dwayne? Man, I mean, I would I would agree. I wouldn't say it's there. They didn't run it, so I don't know. <laughs> but you can't run everything at all, uh, you know, in, in, in two quarters. I mean, in all fairness. I mean, you know, over they the course of the game. All, Gary. No, they but but well, over, the course, the over the course over the course of the game we saw a little bit of everything. I mean, in all honesty, I've watched it a million times. We saw a little bit of everything. A lot of it didn't work, but um, you know, Dwayne, the, the one one of the things you just mentioned, which I think you're spot on about, is the conservatism since he made the switch to Perry, and he clearly didn't feel totally comfortable with the kid, and and was you know kind of babying him a that. little bit. No. You can tell. You can tell. I mean, he, oh, okay. You're he's agreeing not with that, yeah? With Perry, yet. yeah. You yeah, can tell. He, he's yeah. not comfortable. So you can tell he's not comfortable with Perry. So let's keep it, but but very vanilla, and you know, try to make guys make plays. And that's the thing that I did not see. If you're going to keep a quarterback in a vanilla form, then therefore, 
design plays where the playmakers can make the plays. Like you're talking about running screens. You can you can run crosses. You can do all the other things right. where you get the ball in. Quick out, hand. do something. Quick, yeah, quick slants, you know, all of those little things. Uh, wide receivers stay. You know, just throw the ball down the line. If your receiver is good enough to make the play, which I feel like they are, you know, Richard's there. You have other other receivers that are that are quick and fast. They make a guy miss. Then then allow that to happen. Give your give your team a chance. Give your offense a chance. And then you'll see some improvement. Then you'll have you know teams thinking, okay, wow. Well, now I don't know what to stop. <laughs> you know, if they want to dink and dunk us and then make big plays. Like, you know, the, the whole hurricane history is, of course, we're going to go deep, but we would get it to a, a guy in a quick slant that may end up taking it for a 50-yard touchdown. So things like that we're missing out on. Um, the only big plays that we're having is when you actually see, uh, you know, a 15, 20-yard catch and they possibly make it down the field. And then they all of a sudden play action or something like that and hit uh, a guy down deep down the field, but you're not going to see much of that because we don't do much of it. Did you? Did, what do you think of the quarterback? I mean, stand and the halfback right next to the quarterback, just right on the same parallel to him. Whereas we had Stephen McGuire on a few weeks ago, and Stephen was in the eye, and he said he loved the eye better because it was a one cut and he was gone. He could see where the hole was. He one cut and he could just take it up the field. These guys are getting the ball yep. with no movement whatsoever. They're standing next to the quarterback. Here, you're you're in quicksand. Now let's see what you can do. I don't like that kind of offense. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, that's way that's where we are are these days. I mean, you look at every offense; they're doing the same thing. I mean, even in the NFL, there is no smash mouth. Yeah, even in the NFL, that's the way we that's that's the road we're traveling now. Uh, but there are other plays that you can actually, you know, probably reset the offense, move around, shift around, do some things that can confuse the defense a little. And, and and run the play at that point. But like you say, if he was in the eye backfield, uh, you know, every now and then you should do it. You should do that. Have a complete offensive of game plan. And I think that's the problem. We don't have that. I mean, I know you said earlier that you run and you, they showed a bunch of everything, but they're searching. You know, the one play may not work at one point. Maybe they was in a proper defense. But if you come back to that play, and the defense that they're actually that you're actually looking for, you just got to be smart enough as a coach to get them in the right position, run the right plays. And if the other thing to to back up a little bit, if you're not if you don't practice the plays that we would like to see in practice, then you're not going to see it in the game. So that's why everything looks so repetitive. And you got that guy. You you know they're running that uh, read. What do you call that? I don't even know the name of the play now. The the uh, read option uh, yeah. type play is is you know it's, it's dangerous unless you have a a brutal offensive line. Well, I thought when it was third and one and fourth and one when they handed off to uh, to Chalk on the third and one they should have play action passed. I mean they, had, they I think everybody in the stadium and everybody that was watching it on TV all knew he was mm-hmm. going to get the ball because yeah he was eight for eight before that but all the more reason that. Virginia was out there to stop him, and they right. should have play action and taken a shot, and they knew they were going to go for it on fourth down if they weren't successful. So I just don't get two of the same plays in a row. It, where's his brain? I, I mean, the Virginia coach <laughs> knew damn well what was going to happen, not once but twice because he's conservative. But that was perfect setup for the play action. 
Right. I mean, I would agree on that, but until they run it, you know, that's that's one thing you'll never know. Uh, rather they was prepared. All type of things go wrong. Uh, and, and one thing that I like, uh, a show that I saw, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember the show, but basically they have the coaches explain what they were looking for. Like, this is what's supposed to happen this play. And then you can pinpoint where the play went wrong. Uh, and sometimes I can pinpoint where the play went wrong if I know what the play is. Uh, and you, you can tell who missed the block, who didn't get off in time or the timing or whatever it is. So a lot of things play a part of, uh, you know, the good and the bad because there's always a 50-50. Uh, unfortunately, this offensive line is is to blame for a lot of things, and uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's sad. And I'm talking to some of these guys, and they're telling me that uh, Navon Donaldson's not that good either. Especially, not. you know, he's just, he's got he's got some flaws, certainly in pass blocking, well, and even on run blocking. They're talking about his punches and so good. There's really not a lot of gaping holes on his side for a he's, four or five. He's been playing very average, and they're going to move him away very from tackle. Average, Gary. He's going to be a guard. He's yep. going to be a guard now. They're not going to play him a tackle yep. anymore, I don't think. Yep. He's been horrendous out yep. there. Yep. And even though he's hey, made mistakes, let the kid play. He's going to be good. Yeah, one right, other thing right. I want to make sure we talk about, um, and, you know, it, it sort of goes uh, as a continuation of what Dwayne said earlier about the conservatism. Uh, I have a feeling Mark Rick saw a lot of the same things that you saw when he watched the Florida State game tape. And at Virginia, he came out and he tried to be more aggressive, and he tried to throw the ball down the field. And Nicosi was throwing it to the wrong team. And, well, see, you know, he kind of got burned by thing. it. Nicosi is, not, Nicosi is not a down-the-field passer, not that I've seen this year. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. to some wide-open guys, yeah. But <laughs> just as a, you know, downfield passer, I haven't seen enough of that to say he's good at it. And the fact that he's trying to do it now, no, it's it's a little. It's, I'm not gonna say it's too late, but you can't expect a whole lot out of him throwing the ball deep. You but know, as as a deep like say, as a defensive running. back, as, as a defensive mm-hmm. back, it, when you're going against whether it was in college or the NFL, when you're going against a young quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback, I mean, you guys licked your chops. You could do all kinds of things oh, to yeah. mess him up. Definitely. I mean, what, as as defensive backs, especially in Baltimore, you know, we hey, we forced the forced the young guy to throw the ball downfield, and, and if you do that, then the chances of you getting an interception is much greater. So when you look at things like that, and, and think about what happened to to Cozy, and you know him forcing the ball down, no, give it give it to some other guy. Let some let some plays happen. Let the receivers make him look good right now. Or or check down. He should. There should be a safety valve. Exactly. I don't know where exactly. he's looking at the safety valve. Cause I don't That's see exactly it. what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. You know, don't don't force him to throw the ball if he if he's not ready to be a deep ball thrower. You know, you get him in a position where he gains a lot of confidence, getting it to his receivers, receivers making a move, and 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 running for touchdowns or running for big gains. Then that changes everything. Now other teams are expecting you to do that. I mean, it's not a surprise on what's going to happen, what type of talent we have. We have good talent. But if we can't get the ball in their hands or we can't protect the quarterback, then that changes everything. Yeah, he hit Brevin Jordan in the Florida State game. He's hit Thomas. He's hit guys open downfield. 
but there's certain times where you just can't force it, and he's got to have. There's got to be a checkdown, and I don't. I don't know who was there, who wasn't there, but they have to make him. If it's you know one two in his head, he's got to hit the guy. That's that's the safety and make him let him run with the ball for a couple of yards, even if you have to punt. It can't be throwing interceptions. Right, right. Now you you go back to that Florida State game which you're talking about. I can recall in the first half where he only threw two deep balls, if I'm not mistaken, if I did not miss any. And then, you know, he threw a couple of other to Jordan and, and uh, oh, what's his name, 81. Um, Langham. Langham. Langham, Langham. Uh, so, you know, you have the playmakers that would go out and make the ball and, and, and take advantage of, especially of, of smaller corners. Uh, you can make a lot happen. He's just not doing it offensively at times to, to make it happen. See, I, I'd like to see uh, Gary was talking before, I think it was Uki, about Mark Pope. See, Mark Pope shouldn't be running down the field, but Mark Pope should get one of those bubble screens and take off. He does have the yeah. talent. That's what I would use a guy like that for. And and Harley, they throw that fade pattern in the left-hand side of the of the end zone. How is Harley going to catch that ball? You need a Langham or a Cager to Still jump Still making the same, it. same mistakes they made last year with Harley. Yeah. Same, yeah. Not, same thing. That's not what he's going to be able to do. I know. Might, I know. He might be able to do it against yeah. Savannah State, but he's not going to be able to do it against teams with real defenses. I know, I know that. And I that's just a mistake. Yes, I I just hope that uh, Rick and and his evaluation, he actually realizes those things that we're talking about because I think those are the things that are holding our offensive uh, success back. I think that's the issue. Yeah, part of it's the wrong part. I mean, I'm on Richards not being here. He, that's bad. But, you know, you have to use somebody. And, and Hightower was out, too. And that's a kid that can catch the ball in an end zone yes, in traffic. Yes. But not Mike Harley. That's not what he should be doing. Dwayne, talk about play calling. Not not whether Mark Rick's good or bad, unless you have an opinion on that. Just the the, the, the art of play calling and what what makes a coordinator a great play caller and what makes a coordinator a bad play caller. Well, I- there's no good and bad all the time, like you say. I mean, I can't, I can't call them a bad play caller because if they've been practicing something or they saw something uh, as they studied film, and they didn't, they don't feel like the other team has corrected that situation. Now you've practiced all week to run a certain play, and you just think, oh, it's going to work, it's going to work, and then at some point you got to realize. This team has corrected that issue. And that's what makes bad play calling when you don't recognize that. Uh, You know, there was a lot of things that happened in my career. You know, I've given up plays, but then all of a sudden you see teams trying to run that same play. It's like, no, I've been there, done that, got burnt. I understand. That's not happening again. I don't care what you do, but that play is not happening again. So, and it's the Hmm. same thing with play calling, you know, once you get to a point where you can't recognize that they have corrected something, then you can be in trouble. Now, moving forward, what makes you a great play caller? Find something that works, something that's going to make sure uh, that the offense or the defense, well, basically the defense, try to adjust to it. But you have to have an arsenal of plays that's working. You have to have something that comes off another play. Just like you know you have a run. If the run is working, of course, 
is going to open up the play action. A great example of what you said with the third and one and the fourth and one. You you, you run the ball well, fake it, fake it one time. Now what's going to happen? The next time around you're in the fourth and one, they don't know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. They're hesitant. You know, you don't have you don't have them flying off the ball. It's just a lot of different things. And like Rick said, you know, when it came to the onside, you know, if you get it, it's a magnificent play. If you don't get it, you're at least supposed to tackle the guy right there. Right. You know, <laughs> things like that. But, you know, if your defense is playing as well as you're playing, our opinion would say, hey, just go ahead and, you know, kick the ball, play great defense, hopefully get a turnover. Mm-hmm. But you never know with this game of football. You know, I, don't, I, I like to speculate on what, could happen, what won't happen, or what should they do? You know, it's based on what they've been through all week in practice, all, all film study, and all of those things play a big part in it. So, Dwayne, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. What, what are you up to? Oh, right now I'm working with the uh, NFLPA, well, basically the trust, which is powered by the NFLPA, and helping guys in their transition. Uh, from the NFL, you know, with all the NFL benefits and the benefits that the trust has uh, created through partnerships with medical, uh, brain and body exams, continuing education, uh, life skills, all of those things that a player actually needs when he retires and Mm -hmm. wants to go into his second career. You know, when they're talking about building a business, all of those things are, are available for them, you know, to make something happen uh, after after they leave the league. Sounds, good, sounds awesome. Yeah, I know that oh, uh, yeah. Dwayne and I and Chris Perkins did a radio show for a while, and uh, he's great on right. that. Right, my man? Yes, man, well, I enjoyed those great. days, man. I need to get back. It's been great tonight, too. Been great, yeah, been great, great tonight. I, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of great thoughts. And I, you know, the, the thing that really I think was, was really special was your point you just made a minute ago about how, like, a coach like Mark Rick will spend the whole week game planning. He'll watch film. He'll look for deficiencies in the other team. And he'll game plan, and then they'll show up on Saturday, and that team's fixed that problem. You know, that's uh, yeah. Like LSU. You, you see that. I mean, you can see that. You know, one thing that I did see that Miami has fixed since the LSU game, I don't think Miami was expecting all of those blitzes and stuff that LSU did. I don't I don't know. I'm, I could be wrong. No, uh, I think you're right. But the way, yeah, the, the way they played that game, they had no answer for the blitz. Nope. And then, you know, of course, we didn't play top talent the following, what was it, the following two weeks. Uh, possibly three weeks, and, uh, you know, they corrected it a little bit. They probably worked on it, got a little better at it, but, you know, we still yeah, not, an, another thing pressure. that they that they corrected that'll hit home with you is the play of Javante Dean, the cornerback, number six. Uh, he was horrendous against <laughs> LSU. He froze, Dwayne. He oh, just man. froze. Oh, he froze. Man. You know, you know he, he wasn't supposed ready. to I mean, be out there. He, he, you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be out there, and the and Bandy got ejected, and he had to go play three quarters against LSU, and he wasn't mentally prepared for it. He's a much better player yeah, now. Yeah, right. I think Michael One Jackson you, turned it around a little too. He was not doing oh, too yeah. well for a while, but I'm sure um, Dwayne will say he did. He's getting better now. He looked good the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, one thing you have to do, man, is is prepare and get yourself better. That's one thing that you have to do, because if not, you're not going to be prepared for. Uh, you you want to make the team adjust to you, and that changes the whole ball game. If you're still worrying about what they're doing, what they're doing, you make those adjustments, of course. But if you they're not, if you put them in a position where they try to adjust to you and you're comfortable with the plays that you're running and you're having success, then that changes the ball game, I promise you. Instead of changing your whole offense, a whole blocking scheme, all of those things, it, it, it changes everything. But we have, but based on what I said before about those low scores in the first half, it's the other way around. Yeah. We're not we're exactly. not coming out there and making them adjust. There's no movement. No. There's nothing. And in three no. of the biggest games we've laid an egg to, to, to the tune of 16 points. Dwayne, somebody's not prepared, and I can't believe it's just the kids. There's something with the coaching that these kids go out there, and this is what they're doing. Right, right. I mean, it, it has to be corrected, and, and, and it's not just coaching. I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and you can blame the kid all you want to, but if he's not prepared, then therefore, who you going to blame then? You got to blame the coach. coach. So that's why yep. you're going to always have you're going to always have the point the finger situation, at, at, uh, because the coach may say, "Hey, no, I need you to do it this way." I've seen it plenty of times. You know, you have a coach that sits in a meeting, say, and, and he goes over it time and time again with the player, but he has no other player to replace him. Well, that's what happened in the Super Bowl that you were in against the Giants. I told Collins, do not throw near Starks, and the son of a bitch didn't listen to me. <laughs> hey, now, see, listen. Now, one thing about that that interception, you know what? I study film. Ah, uh, come on. You don't have to lie on this show. Come on. No, I'm, I am. And listen, I study film two and three weeks, and not until the day before the game, I realize that every time in a three-step drop, if Kerry Collins hops, he releases the ball. Mm-hmm. And if he does not hop, if he has more of a lazy three-step drop, then he pump fakes and look for, you know, different receivers. And I was like, wow. So I went back on film and realized, man, my my, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right on what I see. So I told Chris McAllister, I told everyone, I said, listen, if, I, if y'all see this guy hop, Y'all look at this. I'm like, do this play, this play, this play. Same thing. And, man, he hopped, and it was on my side. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, you know, the history's in the books now uh, on, <laughs> on me picking it off going back. And those are the type of things that the coaches have to realize themselves, not just the scheme, but little things like that that can help their players. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I think you've been a great uh, guest, man. Yeah, thanks, man. What a great segment, Dwayne, and we'll make sure we invite you back, you know, down the road and uh, appreciate all your insight and big game at Boston College next Friday and hopefully the Canes take a few of your tips and play a little bit better. Are are you in town (laughs) or are you out of town? I'm here, man. I'm here. All right, so for the Boston College game, let's go to Sicilian Oven. I got a few other former players coming, and it's on me, and we'll watch the game. Oh, this week? No, I, no, I no not this one, the Boston, Boston College one. The Boston, oh, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, call me up, man. Well, I called you today. You were on the golf course, but because you're such a good guy, every, every, you picked up the phone. Every Otherwise, Tuesday. you would have said no. <laughs> every Tuesday, All right, guys, definitely. hey, thank you. <laughs> right, right, thanks right. for being Take part care. of the show, right, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you down the road. That's the Sicilian Oven Counterpoint segment. 
Mr. Dwayne Starks and Bruce Warner. Hope, hope you guys enjoyed that. Now it's time to get back to your calls. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, give me a minute to reset, see where we are. Let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Gary. Yes, sir. Gary, you always try to calm me. You always calm me down by bringing me. I'm thinking I'm gonna come on before this, you know, this segment, and I, I don't come on. But that's fine. That was but a great you segment. Calm me man. Down. We put on great segment. He was on the fence yep. for a few things, but I expect that he doesn't want to kill anybody over there. But Gary, no, I think he's honest. Bamboo- no, no, no. All right. I love it. I love it. Listen, you're not gonna bamboozle with me. And, and throw me off gear like you did some of the callers and kind of threw something out and they had no answers. I got the answers for you. All right? You're not going to bamboozle me about Rosier, but let's let's start. Let's start. Okay. First of all, I even know where to start, but I'm going to start with this. You say you, ah, what is 15 yards on the, on the, on the um, onside kick? Guess what? He's saying that he made the, the, the quarterback change because he wanted a mature quarterback in the game. Quote, I quote, that's what he says. So if your freshman kicker is not mature and ready to make that kick, why are you having your freshman kicker that's been not so good all year or nothing almost, why would you make an inexperienced kicker make that kick? Legit argument. Why am I getting legit, a balance? I need an answer. Legit argument. No, no. A, I'm, well, I'm thinking about what you're saying. It's a legit argument. But, you know, I will say this. There wasn't a lot of downside, Ross. The ball's not supposed to bounce right yes, up to the no, guy. No, no, Gary, stop that. No, no, no. No, Gary, stop that. It is a, it's a lot. He's a freshman kicker. And, then, and here's another thing. I'm going to pick it apart. Here's another thing. They come off of commercials, and you see the kid already lined up showing everybody in the building, in the stadium, that he's going to make an onside kick. Why can't you disguise it? Why do you have to tell the world that you're about to make that kick? I'm waiting. No, legit point. Okay. So, I mean, number, that's number one. Typically, no, no, no. typically okay. if, and I can't remember if they overloaded to that side. I, I just don't they remember. Did. But. They did. They was lined okay. up, chopping feet, whatever. Yeah, so when you, when you line up like that, you're, you're telegraphing the onside kick anyway. Yes, terrible, terrible. That's all on the coach, but he made the decision. Terrible. Number one, trouble number two, and now here's another thing, okay? You can't, you and whoever that was was talking earlier, you can't do one of those lollipop kicks anymore. You have to squib it because if you do the lollipop, I'm sure Virginia coached those kids well, and they're just fair, fair catch to catch anyway, and then they get it back at the 25 or the 20, whatever. So you can't lollipop kick. You can't do the push, then you have to, so you have to squib it, but you also can't show them you're about to do it. Horrible. I'm done with that. Here's another thing. Um, you guys talked in the segment about the Harley throw. I was bringing that up. Again, <laughs> come on. You can't go to that kid in the corner while you had Thomas on the field, you had Cajun on the field. That's terrible. I don't, know. I, I don't that's understand. On, that's on coaching. I, I, that's on I coaching. agree. I don't, know. This, I don't this, under, I can't, this is on the guy I can't understand you're gonna, that. You're going to kill me on this because this is on the guy that you're defending tonight. These are, the two guys that you're defending, that's on both of them. Okay. I'm not defending I'm anybody. I wish people would stop. Wait, we time out. Time out. I wish people would stop telling me I'm defending. I'm not defending. If I have an opinion that differs from your opinion, it doesn't mean I'm defending. We we just have different opinions. I don't defend. That's not my responsibility to defend. I analyze. 
you just did it in the segment because you try to brought back Starks to well, if you guess, and here's the thing: you started this whole thing off with um the first caller. And Mr. Everything was great, by the way. He was he was great tonight. As a matter of fact, it wasn't a blowout. He called the, the the L. Nobody wanted to see an L. We got the L, but it wasn't a blowout, and he was great. As a matter of fact, if any way you could hook me up, even though we was going at each other last week, I actually wanted to talk to him about something. I actually have something for him. Somehow you could probably put an email that he doesn't mind using anything. I, I wait, like let me see. I, I might be able to find them for you. Everything, you no, there? Wait, wait, though. wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait, wait one wait, second, wait. Russ. Everything, are you no, there? Gary, you're gonna, I, I'm not going to have all the time yeah, to do this, man. Yeah. All right, wait, hold on. Ross, Ross wants to talk to you in a minute. Let me finish, and then we'll get back to you. Hold on one sec. All right, good. Yeah. All right. He All might right. be high Seriously. by now, by the way. He might no, be high. No, 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 we're not, no. Gary, we're not, we're not going to let you. We're not let, he hits it during the show, just so you know. So go yeah, light on. we're not letting your boy off the hook tonight. We're not letting Mr. Rick, Mr. Rick off the hook tonight. Okay, here we go. You started this whole segment off, the whole first call, and you saying that you're going to defend the fact that we, we ran the ball no, their defense, the Virginia defense started out in the box, right? So if that's the case, which that was not the case, by the way, if that's the case, the guys in the segment said it. Start the kid off with some, some fast passes in the corner or whatever. I mean, um, just clean, quick passes, get it out of his hand. Instead of throwing the ball deep, you, 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 he actually set him up for, for, for disaster by letting him throw the ball deep twice. So and also Rozier came in and did the same thing. He had three fifty fifty balls, Gary, that one of the receivers had to knock down. You remember that? Yep. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. Another thing. All right. Here's here's the thing that I don't understand that you keep defending this kid. So not you're defending. Me you're bl- okay, all right. Not defending. So you're blaming our defense. I couldn't believe you was even going there by saying they had two eight. They had an eight-minute drive. They, they had did one drive for it. Come out, Gary. I got facts. I watched the game three times myself. They had one drive where they scored. Yes or no? Because the game was sixteen thirteen. They scored on one drive, right? Where was that drive from? You talking about Virginia? Yes. Um, the, when they scored the touchdown, where was it from? When they scored, uh, let's see, the touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Wait, let me let me just get okay. it on. I just got to get it. I just got to get it in front of me. All right, they they scored okay. a touchdown. It was a, literally. You're right. It was. A, I mean, it was a seven yard drive. <laughs> okay. All right. When was the yeah. next time they scored a touchdown? When was the next time they, they didn't. Scored a they didn't. Everything so else was field you, goals. So, so, okay. So why would you say they gave a two eight minute drive? Because 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 I'm just pointing out that it that it wasn't. It was a shared loss. Okay. Nobody can be pointing no, no, fingers. No, no, no. The no, defense played no, great. No, I'm not, However, they only no. had the ball. The offense only had the ball four times in the second half, and part of the now reason you're back to that, now you're saying well, part uh, of the reason was the, that they held the ball for eight minutes. Another part when, of the reason was when, Miami when? held the ball for six minutes and didn't score because of the short yardage problem. And that's something that that's an entire that's an entire quarter of game just on those two possessions. Hey Gary, you want to hear something? You want to hear something else on that on that um on that onside kick? You want to hear something else? Do you know uh-huh. we touched that ball? We touched it. You know that, right? I didn't see that, but I heard people saying that's, it. A, co- that's, I, a, I, I, that's a coaching yeah. issue. So they should never because nobody no, nobody it. noticed it and brought it to the attention of the refs. That's and guess what? Saying, right? Now that brings me that brings me to my exactly it brings me to a next point. Some when they had their first their first three points when Virginia had their first three points, he made a pass on first and ten. Obviously, the ball, the kid did not catch the ball, Gary. He dropped it. 
No one whistled down. No one told Coach Rick, or Rick doesn't even, he didn't notice himself to ask the, they actually went on a timeout. It came back on the timeout, and no one checked that. The kid dropped the ball. These are facts. So they, so they got their first three points. They got, so here's, so this, I'm picking Rosier, and I'm picking Mark Rick apart. The two guys that most of us think that you've been defended. My personal opinion is that the team has a better chance of winning five games in a row here, three of them on the road, with Malik Rozier at quarterback. It's my opinion. I'm not That's defending terrible. anybody. He's I'm not defending anybody. I'm not defending he anybody. Threw, he, he threw he threw four 50-50 balls since when he got in the game. Four 50-50 balls. Can that happen? Here's another thing. They're back doing this, Gary. And this is something me and you always agree on. They're back doing this. They're back subbing. I'm not making this up, Gary. They're back subbing offensive linemen. I mean, they're literally subbing them in and them out the game. I agree. It's Watch insane. Three times. It's you, insane. First of all, I don't even yeah. know. I don't even know why. I don't even know why Mahoney started the game in the first place. The whole thing's why ridiculous. I agree game? with you. It's a, I've never seen and, and, offensive line management like this, where you've got guys and in and out all another, game long. You you, you got to pick your five guys and let them build cohesiveness together. Here's here's another thing on Mark. Here's another thing on him. First of all, let me just throw this in there. The, 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 and I love people might be listening and think that I'm, I'm I love my team, but I got to point out where coaches are going wrong. The tight end, he he mentioned that perimeter blocking. He never wanted. He didn't call the kid out, but you know what? On one of the plays, the tight end, the number eighty-five kid, the, the kid, not not Jordan, but the other kid, whiffed on a block. It was an offensive line time. It wasn't their fault. It was his fault. Talking about Mallory. So he, he, yeah, he says he, he says uh, he just throws it out there, as perimeter blocking, whatever. But here's another thing too. Here's another thing. Why, why would you do this? You cannot tell me you're going for the, a, a third and one. And then a fourth and one twice. And there's another thing that didn't happen on that play, Gary. I'm, you're going to call me nitpicking, nitpicking, nothing, because they talk about it every weekend. No one came and pushed the pile. The running back just stood there and watched him not. <laughs> no one came and – I mean, the quarterback just stood there and watched him not make the, make, make the play. No one actually came and pushed the kids ahead. And all you needed was a yard. So it's a bunch of failing coaching on the sideline. It's just a bunch of nonsense. Watch me watch it. It was a debacle, oh, no doubt. All right, Ross. Nonsense. You want a piece of no, you? You last, want to talk to everything real quick before we let you go? Yeah, yeah. But one last, yeah, one last thing before you. Yeah, because I got, I got a lot of guys that got to get on tonight, so I got to, yeah, I got to cut you a little 90, short. Number, number ninety-four. He should never play again. You know why? Before we got him, he made the same dumb play in Illinois when he picked up the he picked up the flag and threw it at the ref. You remember that? Yep, you're right. So why he did. He, did. he made a play. You're absolutely right. He did it. He did do that. It was it was it was it was horrendous. No, no, I'm, it was horrendous. He, it was. Yeah, why is he? Why is he even on the field? Why? No, because they need him. Because Norton and Mac. You want to know why? Because Norton and Macintosh left early, like they shouldn't have done. All right, hey, you want you want to ask him something? You want to ask him something? Sure, I want to, no, yeah, yeah, I want to ask um, All right, everything. Are you there? We got to do this quick, but are you there? Yeah, yeah. All right, Ross has a question for you. Just, Go ahead, Ross. Just need, a, just need an email that you, you don't mind that everybody, because if, if you're saying it now, that means everybody else is going to have it. I just need an email just, for you, something that it goes towards the team. It's going to help the team. But um, 
I know uh, that you're connected in there, connected to. No, he's not. He's not. Wait, he's not giving out his email address on the show. No, so <laughs> we're not, we don't want to. So Gary, so, we're not doing that. So Gary, you Ross. Do right, Ross, listen, so Gary, I gotta let you go. I got a million no, no, guys no, no, that want to no, no, get no, on. Gary, what? can you put out your email? Put out your email by the end of the show, and I uh, send it's it Kane, to you. And you Kane, send it to him. Canesport at yahoo.com. Yeah. Okay. Do that. I'll get it to him. Okay. All right. All right, Gary. All right, Ross. All right, Mr. Yeah, thanks. All thanks right, as always, man. All right, guys, we're gonna go, we're gonna try to move fast here. A lot of people want to get on tonight. Let's go to the eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Eight five zero. You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, it have to be next week. Let's go to the seven zero six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? How you doing? It's your boy Sebastian, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? What you got for us? Hey, Gary, man, remember we talked last week? I went up here in Virginia. You told me to go to the game. I made it down to Charlottesville. Oh, good. So I just need, well, about, good I just need <laughs> about two minutes. Well, you need to give me about two minutes and not interrupting me because I just got to let yeah. loose, man. You got so it, man. I go. My girlfriend up, I brought my girlfriend up there, and we got a chance to see that debacle, man. That was horrible. That was horrible. But I want to give I want to say a couple of things. Lay off of everything. Everything said we were going to lose that game. I had us winning that game by a field goal. The game should have went to where we would have won it by a field goal. But that coaching staff lost that game. They lost the game. Okay. Now, I'm not going to badge you in regards of defending Perry and all that other stuff. But this I'm is what – and, and I know what I'm saying. Is, let's just let it go. Let's just let it go. What I'm saying is this. The kid, the, the quarterbacks are just not prepared. We're just not offensively prepared to go in a game where the offense really attacks and dictates. And here's what I'm talking about. The first touchdown Virginia scored, they ran a, they ran, they, they ran a guy, it was like a motion sweep, or there was some motion, and he ran it seven yards in. We don't do that. And the problem that I have with that is the whole entire game, when you don't do motion, what you do is you don't cause the defense to think. They're dialed in and they're locked in on exactly what they what, what, what we're going to do, and they can react to it. But if you throw motion in there, at least it gives the predictability. It gives you the option that something else may happen. But we don't do that, and it's frustrating to watch the Miami play week after week, knowing that we never do that. I see teams come out and play against us, and they're moving tight ends, they're shifting them from the right side to the left side. The linebackers have to move. And sometimes you don't even give the defense an opportunity to get set. And that's when a lot of our plays can really work is that we can just include motion. And you cannot tell me after three years or three years in the program that Malik can't handle motion and Perry after two years, he can't handle motion. The second point I want to make is, is we don't win. We don't, we don't win on coaching day, on, on game day. Here's what I'm talking about. We don't, have, we don't benefit from having somebody in the skybox or in the coach's box that can look on the field and say, wait a second, this ain't going to work. You know, we scripted in practice. All this stuff looked all grand and gravy, but I can tell you what I see on the field or whatever, this ain't going to work. Well, that well that's, Tom, we, we that's Thomas Brown them. now. Okay, that's Thomas Brown now. He's the one that's got to get that done. I mean, I, I thought Mark Rick made a great move when he put him up in the box. I, I thought it, it, that – uh, Thomas could do the team and, well, I didn't and, know that. and, and well, a, a lot, I didn't know a lot that. more well, good being up in the box and on the field. He's been on the box now for a month, and I thought it was a good I, move. I, I, I mean, and and, and he's got to be the one that does what you're talking about. Okay, well, I didn't know that. So touche. I didn't know that, but I'm just saying 
that's that is well we're making changes. All I can say is, you know, we're making changes, so we'll see what the results turn out. But that's a good move. But from what I was seeing before, we just weren't making good strides on that. The next point I want to make is I can tell you this right here. I'm not the kicker we got, the field goal kicker, he's the real deal. Now when when his head gets completely all around, we lose you. All right, Sebastian. Sounds like we lost you. So, uh, oh, there you are. You're back. Go ahead. Okay. You like the kicker? No, I'm, I'm just saying. The, the, we heard yeah, you. You like the kicker? I mean, he. Yeah, he, he, yeah he's, he's coming he's, on. He's, he's doing, doing pretty well. Yeah, he's doing fine. But the point I was trying to drive, it was crazy for us to go for an onside kick. Absolutely crazy. We got a good defense. We've held him to 231 yards. We had three turnovers. There's no reason in the world that that quarterback wasn't. He didn't strike fear in us in regards to throwing the ball, and all we had to do was just hold them and just and just hope that our offense was going to get their act together, but we were going to be able to do something in there. So this is a question that I have for you, since you you really are you you believe our best chances for the next five games is with Malik Rozier going forward. That's my you know opinion. I I don't I don't disagree I, I I don't disagree with that, but this is what I struggle with. And you know a lot more about what's going on in the program than we do is Perry definitely has the talent. That's what I see. He definitely has the talent. What I don't understand is why don't we ever do any rollouts? Why don't we do anything? You know, what we need to teach Perry is it's not an all or nothing. He believes the only way he's going to be successful is throwing bombs all the time. You don't. A three-yard, a four-yard pass on the first or second down is going to help you and make you money down the road. And so I struggle with not understanding why he, we put him in place where it's just one or two options. The last point I want to make is this. It's absolutely crazy why we have our offensive line in the situation that we're in. And here's what I mean by that. Number 77 should not be on the field. I watched the whole entire game. He didn't block anybody. No. I'm- he didn't block anybody. And what, and, what, and what I want you to talk to is why can't we move our center over to guard, put another center in there, since we know we're kind of weak at that particular spot. The tackles, they've been 50-50, but they haven't been completely horrendous. But nobody, I don't blame Mahoney because I see Mahoney at least has some fight in him. He don't have the physical attributes, but at least he has some fight. Number 77 didn't block nobody the whole game. And when you watch the tape, since you said you watched it three or four times, I want you to watch it from this perspective. Just look at the offensive line, and you tell me when you see number 77 block somebody. So no, I don't I'm disagree. Trying to whether or not, I'm trying to debate whether or not I'm going to make that trip to Blacksburg, because you know Blacksburg is going to be rocking. And if we do win the next games that we win, that's going to be the game for the Coastal. And I just don't yeah, know if we're going to get our act together. Though. See what the happens in Boston. I've been to this year, we lost. Well, Gary, what I'm saying is the two games I've gone to this year, Dallas, and uh, Charlottesville, we've lost. Yeah, see what and happens in Boston, then, I mean, then decide. All right, well, okay, Gary. We'll keep all this right, conversation Beth. going because I know you got other people, man. We'll, we'll keep you got it, it going. But we're, we're yeah. frustrated. Give us a call next week. we got an open week, so we can continue it next Tuesday. All right. All right, man. Keep going. Home. Have a good night. Yep. Let's go out to the 484. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey man, this is a story to you. That that Philly. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Philly? Hey, what's going on? 
Doing good, man. Talk to us. I just want to kind of, I mean, pretty much everybody's been kind of already saying a lot of stuff um, already. Just kind of want to, like, delve in deep more into, like, the old line and the scheme. I pretty much already put it, like, put a lot of it on the board. But when you look at, like, the old line and the seven, like, we go back to the game, that third and two, you know, um, they had did a, a, a halfback dive and they tried to run. You had the center got the air. Like, he, he could have, he pulled the head going up straight and got the linebacker, but he was just kind of standing around looking and didn't know who he's supposed to pick up. And I think because of the constant subbing we're doing and not the cohesiveness of the offensive line, a lot of the people don't really know, like, who's next to them. So a lot of times when you try to do, like, we do a lot of, you know, we run, like, a pistol, and then we switch from the pistol into, like, a wing, and then we try to run more like um, like, a, like a zone off tackle to the C gap outside the right tackle or even try to run a dive you know, between the B gap, you know, between basically between Donaldson and um, and Scaife, it's like you have combination blocks. So you'll have, like, say, um, Donaldson and, and Scaife go on to the same person, but then Donaldson will kind of, like, you know, go off of him, go off of, like, they'll go on to, like, say, like, the defensive end. And then Donaldson will let Scaife the defensive end, and he'll go to the linebacker. But a lot of times we have a lot of that, that kind of, like, all constant subbing, like you, like you may not know if if you release that guy, he's going to be able to take him out. So you can go ahead and release. So a lot of this, like a lot of confusion going on. And that's what's affecting our run game, you know, because you have these players constantly subbing out, and they don't know who's really um, going next to them. So and and I'm trying to figure out, you know, why they keep doing that, and why not? And to me, I don't know why they won't move, you know, Scaife to left tackle. Instead of right tackle, I think he's probably like, like you know our best liner right he, now. He's That's a true freshman. Face. He's a true freshman. They're at, they're 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 pushing the envelope way far, asking him but, to be a starting right at, tackle. But he's been in, but he's been in there since the spring. I mean, look look at the left yeah. tackle cleansing. He was a guy he, like he this. Was six, he was six point zero. But but if we want to get the left tackle for cleansing was a six point zero four star like him, and he's been he's been starting left tackle, you know, since he got there. Even the left tackle um, that Mario has in Oregon, he's a true freshman too, 6.0 four-star as well. He's starting left tackle. So, to me, it's like they should have kept, you know, St. Louis at, at, um, at, you know, right tackle and let Scaife, you know. But let's, let's, let's just go on from that. Um, I think when we go back to that same thing, we look at, like, that same – after that third and two, they had a fourth and two. And they ran trips, like trips on the right-hand side um, with that same play, Okay. Now, they had Wiggins come in. He ran an in and then a stop, and they had the line shift to the right. So Wiggins was right right in front of Perry. But Perry kind of, um, you know, panicked, and he tried to run, and he did he didn't pick up. But see, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Why, did, why didn't Rick have Perry, I mean, have Wiggins run a drag? You know, why didn't he have him keep going? Because the defense was all on that, on that right-hand side pretty much with the playing like in a man. So they would let Wiggins – keep going, that he would have flashed in front of Perry. Perry could have put the ball in front of him. He could have ran two yards for that, for that first down instead of putting him right in front of him. So I think a lot of times, like, like with, with, with Mike's scheme, it's like he's scheming himself out of, you know, not like, like you know, 305 said, like I said, you know, kiss, keep it simple. It's like you're instead of, so you got a redshirt freshman on the road, why are you not giving him, you know, just two routes to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, read this, read, read one, read two. If you don't see it, then go. Or if you're doing the read option, why don't they say, okay, you know, 
um, if you're going to do the read option, then Perry, go ahead and pull it. You know, don't don't keep giving it to Homer or Dallas, but go ahead and pull it. Teach him how to read a defensive end. If that DN crashes down, then go ahead and take it. If he stays there, then go ahead and get it. You know, like we'll run we'll run that that, that pistol where we'll have um, the line, the running back right behind Perry, and then um, you know we'll have uh, Jordan sit right there behind Scaife and Donaldson. You know, and then he'll clap his hands, and then uh, the running back will go to the left or to the right, right. So then what they'll do is they'll go ahead and they'll hike the ball and he'll he'll give to the running back and they'll run pretty much to the same side, you know, Jordan was on. Well, why not fake that, you know, fake that handoff, let Jordan, like he like he's going to go ahead and block, you know, that C gap basically outside of the, of the right tackle and then let Jordan release down and have Kerry read that, you know, because that's open all day. You know, Oklahoma runs that with um with their, with their coach, you know, Locke is to success. And Jordan's a matchup nightmare, you know. And another thing, you know, like a lot of people said is we took to the fourth quarter to run a lot of bubble screens, you know, slants, stuff like that. Let's look at last year, you know, when we had the two tight ends. We had Herndon and we had um, the Joku. You know, we were running a lot of, like, swing passes to them and letting them go ahead and, you know, take it. But you don't really see that, you know, this year. You know, or if you do – you don't see it consistently game to game. You may see it one game, and then it may not come back until, like, two more games. Or we ran those same bubble screens with Barrios. We'll see that, like, one game. We won't see it the next game. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like it's, it's inconsistency of play calling and, and, you know, keeping things, like bringing those things in. Like like, run, like people are saying, run that motion. You know, why not have um, um, John Thomas, you know, basically run like run like he's running a jet sweep or run across the formation so that you can basically see that in man and then give him the ball sometimes. Let him go ahead and kick it on the jet sweep. You know, let him go ahead and, you know, try to pick up some yards that way. You know, I think that – I think like Rick is like he's – Rick to me is like he's trying to be like Auburn's offense, Clemson's offense, Texas Tech offense, and he has no identity and no idea what he's doing. Like he's, trying, mm-hmm. he's trying to incorporate too much – but he's not doing what he's doing or know what he's doing. And then, like, my, my final point is, you know, one thing you kept saying was is you can't trust Rick with the quarterback. You can't trust him with anything. You know, I think with, you know, with, with this year, we basically have to allow Rick to – Rick just has to basically, look, start with the offensive line shuffling, you know, and start playing all the quarterbacks. Don't register Jaron Williams. Let Jaron Williams get in there a series or two and let him play. Because well, they could play him three more times without losing a red shirt. He could play three more games that, without yeah. losing a red shirt. So, they, yeah, they, they, don't, they, they don't need to, to blow his red shirt. But I think they have to. You have to, you have to know what, you, you have to know what you, you're going to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they could play and, him in three and, games. And, if they if they want to play him in three to. games, they, they, they can play should. him. Well, you got to see how it goes. I mean, right now they're trying to win the Coastal. Let me give you this. Let me give you this. So, when Rick was at Georgia, right, since 2009, this was his quarterback. After he after Murray in the 09 class, in 2010, he had Hudson Mason. 2011, Christian LeMay. 2012, Fanta Bunta. 2013, Bryce Ramsey. 14, Jacob Park. 15, they didn't um, they didn't get a quarterback, but they uh, took you know Virginia transfer Grayson Lambert. How many of the quarterbacks still? Or how many of the quarterbacks actually did anything? With Georgia, or even played. I don't know. I, no, I mean, None. no. 
Like no. they were they were trash. They were yeah. trash. So it's like so it's like it's hard for us to really trust this man to really do something here with his quarterback and evaluate when you look at it, the first one they wanted they wanted to get was Arthur Sikowski. You know, he didn't really go out to Eason. He had no relationship with any of those five star quarterbacks in Georgia, whether it was from whether it was, you know, um, Lawrence, whether it was Seals, he had no relationship with them. And then, you know, you, like I told you, like I said on the board, he, you know, I was going to make a West Virginia and they light it up in their offense. So I think, you know, this, this is, I'm going to let you go. Um, I'm going to let you go to some other colors. But I think, you know, just for this year, you know, he to go ahead and just simplify the offensive game plan, allow the quarterbacks, you know, allow Perry, he's going to continue to be there, allow him to do more, like, running, Design more runs with him, you know, more like maybe like a quarterback op, a trap, um, counter trap, where he fakes, you know, to one and then has the guard pull. He goes the opposite direction or quarterback power. You let him run the ball some, only get him two reads, you know, and then after this year, he really needs to think, you know, he really needs to go ahead and really think about, you know, um, getting off of the coordinator or getting somebody in here that, you know, is going to help him call plays. It, it took Dabo two seasons. Two seasons, at two seasons, he decided to go ahead and fire himself as play caller and Billy Napier, and he brought Chad, um, um, he brought in Chad Morris. It took mm-hmm. James Franklin, you know, two seasons as well. James Franklin decided to go ahead and stop being a play caller and fire his guy. He brought Joe Moorhead, who's not the head coach at Mississippi State. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, this season, Rick has to basically – like really look at that because you got because you got a defense that's kind of rocking and rolling, and you know and basically you're you're the offensive coordinator you're the quarterback coach and you're you're basically you're the head coach you're supposed to, you're supposed to be known for this you know no other like 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 Saban is known for defense Saban's defense doesn't struggle you know no no the coach who that's your thing struggles Mario is no offensive line coach Mario's offensive line is now dominating in the Pac-12. You know, and them guys, he didn't recruit. He recruited mm-hmm. the left tackle, and he brought chance. He brought um, Dallas Warmack from uh, Oklahoma, from um, Alabama, but yep. the left guard, the center, and, and and the right tackle, those guys were recruited by Helfrich, and they were brought they were brought in for a finesse system. Mm-hmm. And yet he got he got dumb balls playing like you know they 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 tough. They got that mentality like dogs, and they they, they yep. push the people no out, out, out the out the way. So I'll let you go on that. I mean, I'll have to go, All right, man. To to, yeah, thank, oh, let, thanks for the call. Uh, give us a call again next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, let me attack a couple of these questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. How many turnovers will the defense need to force us to get a win up in Chestnut Hill? Will we need defensive TDs, or will it be a field position battle decided by kickers? Well, I mean, the offense has to show up better prepared than it did against Virginia, right? I mean, it absolutely must. Um, but they also better be prepared for a slugfest. Um, I, I think Boston College is going to bring it in that game, and, and Miami's going to have to go up there uh, in the right frame of mind, which I think they will. I, I think they should be a desperate team. Uh, Got to win, no doubt about it. So defensive TDs, I don't know, man. Special teams plays, defensive TDs, whatever it takes. It's, it, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Rick has his work cut out for him right now. And I think it's a positive that this is an open week. Why should the fans trust Mark Richt any more than they trusted Al Golden with Mark D'Onofrio? Uh, for starters, you don't have a choice. I mean, he's got six years left on his contract. If he chooses to coach them out, I don't think he's going anywhere. 
Um, you know, I don't know what would happen if he fails over the next few years. You know, you might not have to fire him. He might, you know, choose to retire because it'll be such a nightmare around here. But I have to believe that Mark Rick is, is determined to do what he has to do to get this right. Okay. I mean, he's got, he should be so motivated to prove a point after what happened to him at Georgia and whether it's replacing a coach or two, even if it means having to find a different role for his own son or just schemes, I think he's got to be willing to do it. And uh, I'm sure they've been a little blindsided this year by what happened first against LSU and then even more so on Saturday night. Um, I mean, this is a team and coaches that they, they, I mean, they thought they were going to be pretty good this year and they still can be, but uh, obviously running out of time, I'm sure there's a little panic right now, but they just need to circle the wagons and, and, and get it all together. What's the status of the younger offensive linemen that aren't playing? Boy, is this a good question. Um, are they going to be ready to be upgrades for this year's OL? I don't think they're going to be ready this year. And you know, that might be part of the problem. I mean, some of those guys are second-year players. You look at Gaynor, Herbert, Hillary, Dykstra. Not one guy on that list is ready to play right now. And to me, that's unacceptable. Whether the reason is bad recruiting or bad player development, it's unacceptable. You have a weak offensive line. You recruited four guys a year ago, and none of them are helping you right now. And, I, I you know, I like Stacey Searles, good guy. I got to believe as a coach, he's under the microscope right now. I, I mean, you know, if you look even going back a couple of years, the O-line wasn't addressed in that first recruiting class of this of this staff either. Now, they didn't have a chance to go through a full recruiting cycle. They just kind of had to grab what was there. But I don't believe there was an offensive lineman in that class. And that's why you have the situation that you have today. And I, I it, it's a crisis at the O-line position. There is no doubt about it. It is a crisis. And uh, the fact that those four guys that were recruited a year ago weren't ready to play and help out this year and challenge to be starters, I think is significant and uh, something that Mark Rick's going to uh, probably have to look at. All right, let's go back to your calls. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. Hey, who's this? This is George from Georgia. Hey, what's up, George? Welcome to the show. What you got? I'm about, what you got? I'm about 25, maybe about 45 minutes outside of Atlanta. This is oh, cool. nothing new with Mark Rick, man. This is nothing new. Whatever y'all, whatever's going on now, all the talk, he went through this at Georgia, man. Georgia fans know everything about him. They they love him as a man, but he's doing the same thing over. He doesn't want to make a. He, he doesn't can't. want to get a coach. He doesn't he want to get a coach that's going to come over. in and. But my point is, he's done this before. This is this is nothing new to him. The sad thing is, let me make two points. The other night we was in at a guy house, 25, 30 people over watching the game. Miami fans all over Georgia. They love Miami. I was two guys that was there that played in the NFL, and they noticed two things. My Rick is not putting the guys in a position to make plays. He's trying to go downfield. And these guys got some coverage. You can't throw the ball down the field. He was like, there's no crossing routes. He was like, man, they got to get these guys. He said, the one guy said, look, I'm not down in my wrist. He's a good guy. But if he don't get an offensive coordinator, he's going to be out there. He's, the same thing happened to Georgia. It's going to happen to Miami. Mm-hmm. Because Georgia had to make him. They didn't give him an option. They made him. Either you get your offensive coordinator or you're going to be out of here. 
Well, that you can't know, happen here. That can't hey, happen here, okay? It, it, it's like I'm, they have put too much trust in him here, and, and, and he has a full commitment. They've doubled all the budgets. I mean, they've done everything that he's needed here. He cannot put this athletic department in a situation where Blake James has to go start dictating, okay? That's, that's, that I, I, I feel unequivocally. So if he has to make some changes, he has to identify that, and he has to make them. And if what you're saying is true, well, he should be saying the same thing when he watches film. Well, you know, the sad thing about it, when they got hired and the guy who was there calling the office plays, when he asked him to be on the staff and he said no, one of the guys my next door neighbor said, y'all are done. He called it out. He said, y'all are done. And, they, they, man, they, these people out here was crazy about Maury. They really loved him. But he against them because he wouldn't change. And then when he did change, he got Mike Bobo, the same playbook that he was calling from. You, know, you see what I'm saying, Gary? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, yeah, I'm going to give you the well, playbook. This is my playbook, though. And I'm not going to say he's done here point. yet. I'm not going to say he's done. I mean, obviously, it's year three. He's got to get this thing straightened out. He's got an off week. They have a, a huge game at Boston College, and under any circumstance, they should be able to put a game plan together and get themselves in the right frame of mind and go up there and beat Boston College. Okay? And and, and, and I want to see I that. I'm waiting to see what happens. I understand what you're saying, Gary, but my point is this here. People that know football, I don't know football. I play basketball. I don't know football. But the people that play basketball, they're saying, like, who in the hell is sending these formations up? You got the same thing. Like the guy said, the team that you're playing don't have to really think. Now, this guy played in the NFL and played linebacker. He told me, he said, man, look, Mark Rick's son has no business at Miami. He's cutting his teeth, and it's costing Miami. It's not costing Mark Rick anything because he's getting paid millions. Your son shouldn't be the offense coordinator because he's not going to do anything different than you, what you tell him to do. Something has to change, man, because this thing is happening all over again, and people here on talk radio are saying the same thing the fans are saying. Mark Rick's doing the same. One guy said the same old Mark Rick. Nothing changed. He doesn't want to do anything different. And one guy said he's almost like he's got Alzheimer's. He can't really see the plays coming. Nothing happened different. Everything is the same. And I like Mark Rick as a man. I never question his character as a man. I think he's a good guy for the program. But you got to get somebody here who knows something about some offense. Because if you don't, man, I'm telling you, I've seen this for real here in Georgia. It's starting out the same way it started out here in Georgia. Starting out, Gary, I'm serious, starting out the same way. Well, I, I hope he catches it. If that's the case, I hope he catches it. I really do. I mean, there would be nothing more devastating for this program right now than Mark Rick failing here. I mean, they're all in. I mean, Miami is all in. The community, he's been supported. They built the indoor practice facility. I mean, everything, you know, this community and this Canes nation is all in. And there would be nothing more devastating if over the next couple of years he fails and they they have to make a change. He reminds me a little bit of a a guy at Florida State. Not the guy that's now. The legend. Remember when when the legend was there at Florida State? He sort of like looked a little bit lost a little bit. Bobby Bowden? Yeah, he began to look a little lost a little bit, Gary. We're going to find out next Friday night. We're going to find out Friday night. It's like, you know, like the good coaches, when they're backed into a corner like this, always come out ahead. And 
like I, I equated, I mean, I, I, obviously this guy's the best coach in, in the NFL, but Bill, Bill Belichick, the Patriots got off to a horrible start this year. And I, uh, I can't remember what their record was at one and two or something. And, and yeah, yeah, they were playing yeah, the, they, and they were, they were playing the dolphins a few weeks ago. You remember? Yes, and I you remember, remember what they did to the, you remember what they did to the dolphins? It's I like it. I never, a I good never coach so will get his team did. ready to play, and they will go up to Boston ready to kick some butt. If that doesn't happen, and, and it's, and it's the same thing, and they start another losing streak like the last couple of years, then I think there's something to worry about. Hey, Gary, I'm a Dolphin fan myself, but you know when the Dolphin went up there, I knew they weren't going to beat New England. No. I knew that. I knew. But Boston College shouldn't beat Miami either. Gary, if you come out, Gary, and you run the same place, well, he, you can't do that. Here. Because one thing about you got, Boston, one thing you about got 12 Boston, days to get ready. You can't do that. You got to understand what happened to you at Virginia, and you got to correct it. Here, what I was saying, you fooled me once. It's my fault. You fooled me twice. Well, I'm not, I'm I, bad. I, I, well, you I, might get fooled again. It, you, could, it, you could get fooled again. I'm saying what needs to happen. And there's no excuses. No, it has to happen. Here, man. Gary, yeah. I, I, I enjoy your show, man. I hope y'all guys – well, I hope we keep winning and get a winning thing going. But I enjoy your show, man. I like what you do. And I don't think you're taking up for Rosie. I'm going to put it out like that. I don't think I'm not. That, okay? I'm not. I All right, man. You, man. I appreciate Thank, you, man. Thanks for being part of it. Give us a call next week. Let's go to the 305. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing great. What's up, Adam? Uh, not much. Um, a couple things. One, in terms of the Rosier Perry – Thing. A, I, I think because Rex, and again, I agree with you, I don't think he should have pulled Rozier in the FIU game after two series and upset the apple cards. But even though Perry was playing poorly, why not just ride it out and see this is a kid, this is who I'm hitching my wagon to instead of pulling him again and even creating more of a situation? Because now the old adage is if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Yep, I agree. So not that I agree with what Rick did, but now that he's pulled Perry, and I recognize Perry wasn't playing well, why not just ride it out for the rest of the ride game? It out, ride it out with Perry? Yeah, because, because, uh, because there was already- no there – would, there, because the, the, there was, it was so bad. I mean, it was just so so bad. I mean, and okay. you got to remember. I, I mean, they, they were coming off I, I was at being down twenty against so. Florida State, and you know, I mean, it just was going so bad. But but that, my point was then why? I mean, I think Rick made a mistake after the FIU game. He I absolutely mean, did. Absolutely yeah. did. Okay. Also, I was doing my own research. We did sign a lineman in the 2016 class. He just left already. Trey Johnson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't count him. Signed... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I don't count him. And, uh, speaking of players leaving, what happened with Charles Perry? I saw in a blurb that he left the team. He wasn't playing. He wasn't, he wasn't involved. He wasn't playing and uh, decided that it was time to you know, pack it in. That doesn't affect anything. Uh, okay. Um, and a uh, couple final questions. One, um, if the quarterback situation continues to stay the same, do you see us going after Kelly Bryant? 
Is that option? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kelly Bryant's looking at a bunch of other schools. I, there's no reason to go for Kelly Bryant. You got the same thing with Nikozi Perry and Jaron Williams. There's no reason, I don't think, to go for <laughs> Kelly Bryant. If you're going to go for a quarterback in the in the market like that, I would go for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But but there's no reason well, to go for Kelly it, Bryant. Oh, okay. Because I thought Jalen I don't think. I don't think. I don't think so, but maybe they oh, will. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, Adam. No, I'm just saying. All right. Well, yeah, right now he's looking at North sorry. Carolina and some other schools. Oh, okay. Um, well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. Have a great rest right. of the show. Yeah, give us a call next Tuesday. We'll talk to you next week. Let's go to the 917. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? What you got? Look, uh, not much, man. Uh, it was a long weekend, and my brother had to pull me off the edge of the cliff. I was ready to jump. But listen, Very um, long weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Other than all the whatever everybody else was talking about, Bubba Baxa hit a clutch field goal. <laughs> he's, getting me, he's getting more comfortable out there, isn't he? He, he looked much more comfortable. That's the, that's the only positive, other than the defense, is that Bubba Baxa hit a 47-yard field goal, and he didn't look scared to death for once in his didn't life. Didn't look scared to death. Nailed it, nailed it right down the middle. They, they, they straightened out. <laughs> A, a few technical things with him that I right. think is, is making a difference. I mean, it looked much better the other night. Right, right, right. But but the main thing is is that you know you know Rick has two weeks to go over everything, do a lot of thinking, things of that nature. Do you think at any point during the off season that he might consider changing the offensive line coach? I know he talked about loyalty and all these other things, you know. But it's been three years with the same O-line coach, and we're not getting much. And there's no way we're the worst O-line in the country. That's got to be under a microscope. O-line in the country. Right. There is no way. I hope this doesn't turn into, listen, you know, I've worked with this guy for years. I know him. I know his family. He's a Christian and all that stuff. I I hope that's not what it turns into. I hope he could say, listen, this is a business decision. We could still be friends, this, that, whatever. But the O-line play is just so poor to the caliber of a school like the University of Miami. You know what I'm saying? It's like I would mm-hmm. expect that from other schools, but for the University of Miami to have that kind of tradition, and you mean to tell me they can't go anywhere and pull out a little bit? I'm not saying five-star offensive linemen, but, you know, you could do a little better than what's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, just a little better. And – after thinking about it, I want to give Rick, Rick the break with the play calling. You know, he could call a play, but if these guys can't block, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, I, that's what I said. I don't know if you, you were know? listening at the beginning of the show. That's what I said at the beginning of the show. It, it's like when I sat down and watched the, the tape, uh, I mean, it was so horrendous. Like, I don't know how anybody even gets the play calling. I mean, if you can't run basic running plays and, and without that's the thing. them blowing up, you I mean, can't do anything. Where, the play would shock got stopped on the fourth down. Scaife was pushed so far off the line, he was pushed into Chop. That's yep. how bad it was. He was yeah. literally pushed into the running back. I know. If if he would have just held his ground, that would have been a first down. Yeah. So I, I want to give him a break. I'm with everybody else. I understand what they're saying. You know, I, I was mad too. But – I mean, it's just bad. I mean, and to and to squander such a good defense this year that we probably won't have next year is is what's bothering me the most. 
because this defense is amazing, but we're going to lose on the defensive line, and next year we're going to have a young defensive line, very young. We're going to lose Willis. We're going to lose some experience. Uh, Joe Jackson is probably going to pack it up, <laughs> go to the NFL. He's going in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> Willis no, is going we'll in see. the first round. We're stuck. We'll see. We'll see what you know, their evals are, but yep. So, All right, BK, let me let so you run, man. Have, I, give give, give us a call again thing. next week. Do you think? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think they pursue Sam Howell even harder now? No, because Sam Howell's not interested. He's not interested. Oh, he's not interested. Yeah. Okay, no, no problem. No. All right. All right, yeah, call in next week. We'll we'll continue. I will. All right, guys, there's a few questions left that were submitted. I'm going to save them and fold them into next week's show because they'll still apply, and then we'll add next week's to the list and cover more of those next week because I want to try to get everybody that's on hold right now on. Um so we'll we'll see we'll see how that works out. Let's go to the um, let's go to the nine one six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing? It's Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? What you got, man? Man, not, not too much. Uh, I watched that game, man. It was so frustrating. I, mean, I know you got a million calls. Everybody being frustrated um, from the offensive line standpoint, man. And uh, I mean, it was Virginia. It was it was Virginia and, and uh, he couldn't. Even, I mean, it was third and one. We couldn't pick up a yard on third and one. We couldn't pick up pick, pick up a yard on fourth and one. No. Well, you know, Not they had run that play every every time they've run that play this year. It worked. Okay, now it, it, they ran it earlier in the game in the first quarter and it worked. So I understand why Mark Rick would want to run that play, but he's got to. I mean, at that, at that, in that state, in that that was so critical. I'm surprised he wasn't thinking of 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 rolling out a variation because you got to know they prepared for it number one and you already pulled it off in the first quarter so they're looking for it you know why not play action pass or roll out or have the quarterback roll or, or something like that on third down and then if you got to come back to your bread and butter on fourth then you got to come back to your bread and butter but like I, I was surprised yeah. he didn't try something different on third down and two two quick things and and I'm done I know you got other callers Gary you remember when Jeff Thomas came out of high school and you said he was was going to be a specialist. That's a whole different ball game now. He's he's a he's a tremendous receiver. If, if we can, if Malik, yeah, he is. Uh, Rose, he, he, he 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 is. I want you know. I I want to see it. I want to see it a little bit more but, consistently. But how you do know? you see it when you you, get, but, you can't get a quarterback but, to get the ball? But going. but he's taken a gargantuan leap forward, man. I mean he he's a whole he's at a whole different level this year than he was last year. And and he, right, and he took a big leap. He took a big leap from high school last year. Like he he was always like a real obviously dynamic player. But if you saw him physically come out of high school compared to what he is today, it's a whole different deal. Way more yeah, explosive. Yeah, yeah. Fast. He's it, faster. I mean, I would never make the same comment today that I made two years ago. He's a whole different guy. Yeah. And, and last question, last thing, and I brought it up last week, and then I'm. I'm I think I'm 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 beating her dead horse. Can they please, please, Gary, you get in somebody's ear, uh, uh, recruit some uh, old linemen outside of Florida. Can they just do that? And just I mean, please. I I agree. Texas, uh, Michigan. I mean, go go gotta and, go find some dudes, man. Gotta find some and, dudes. And, but that goes on recruiting, right? Yep. So, and then when you man, get them, you got to develop them. All right, man. Yep. Yeah, give us a call next week. All right. All right, good talking to you. Let's go to the 954. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. 
This is Joel. Hey, what's up, Joel? Not much. Uh, very interesting listening to the comments tonight. Um, it just dawned on me that when Mark D'Onofrio was our D coordinator, everyone could see and everyone could tell that the defense wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Everybody wanted to run him out of town. Al Golden wouldn't change, and we see what the result of that was. He ultimately was let go. I am afraid that we are having the same thing repeat itself again. Everybody actually is seeing that there's an issue on the offensive side of the ball, and if you don't change, like Mark D'Onofrio needed to change or Al Golden needed to change the defense as far as uh, you know, what scheme or whatever. If that does not happen on the offense, we are about to repeat Al Golden all over again, except on the offensive side. I can't believe that this is actually, <laughs> it looks like it's about to happen. It's happening. It's crazy. So yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, I, I think everyone's got to be pulling for him to get it straightened out. And it's got to happen now. I mean, this this team can't go into a losing streak like the last two years. It's you know, it, it just can't. I mean, that's not you. Know, you just can't do that again. It's you know, it's the last two years they've gone into bad losing streaks. Do you think there? Do you think this team's record will be better than last year's record, or you think it will be worse? What, what, what do you? Do don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think they can win five games in a row if they get their act together. They have the talent to do it for sure. You got the best, you know, the top defense in the country right now. I mean, uh, it's, it, you know, that there alone. I mean, they, they just, they have certainly have plenty of athletes on offense. There's no excuses. Amazing. And I think, I think this determines if we keep Manny Diaz. Because if the yeah. offense struggles, why why wouldn't Diaz Manny, return? You know he's Manny Diaz, Diaz has never had so much success in his life, okay? <laughs> he He's a smart guy. He's never had success like this in his life. If he's smart, he stays right where he is and spends the rest of his career right where he is. It works for Bud Foster. It works for Bud Foster at Virginia Tech. He's made a long career of being a great defensive coordinator at Virginia Tech and knowing where his wheelhouse is, okay? Manny Diaz is in the right place. He's in the right city, the right culture, with the, with the access to the right kind of athletes for what he wants to do. If he's smart, he stays right where he is. If he wants to make, make mistakes like so many coaches who have been here before have made – and destroyed their careers by getting a little ahead of themselves and making bad career decisions, then he'll do it. But if he's smart, he stays right where he is, keeps doing what he's doing. He's having great success, far more success than he's ever had in his career, and he shouldn't take that for granted. That's my opinion. Right, yeah. Doing a now, great I job. I, great job. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I don't have no complaints on defense. And and, and and his personality meshes very well with the kid with the kids the type of kids that that come to Miami. He's got yeah, a he's, yeah. he's got a great mindset, a great personality. 
uh, and he he brings the dog out of them and you know, gets them playing hard and everything. I mean, everything everything is is great, and it hasn't been great for Manny. Many 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 years in his career, it has not been great. He's having more right. success here than he's ever had. He needs to stay put. We'll see what happens. Right. And and I just wanted to say I agree with what you said earlier about uh, Rogier being replaced. Uh, what, what game was that? The FIU? No, not FIU. Yeah, it was the FIU game. Yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah. and you know what? I didn't have a problem with the FIU game. Because he played a couple series, then he let Nicosi play, and you got to have more than one quarterback in a program. There's no argument with that. I thought letting Nicosi play out the FIU game was brilliant, great. But I thought he'd walk in and say, "Absolutely not!" Is he changing quarterbacks? Malik's starting North Carolina, and he didn't do that, and I was really surprised, very surprised. And you know, North Carolina went okay. I mean, the the defense had six turnovers. The offense really didn't have to do much. They threw 12 passes in the game. Nikosi handled that fine. He did a great job. You know, North Carolina is not a very good team. Okay, then we get to Florida State, and that's where the problems started to show up a little bit. Okay, and, and, and the defense bailed them out, or they lose the Florida State game probably by a couple touchdowns. That was well, the warning sign. That was the warning sign, okay? And then you get to Virginia, and it, was, and it couldn't have been worse in the first quarter. And Mark Rick had to make a decision. And I don't blame him for making that decision he made. But he put himself in this mess. He didn't have to do it. He could have played Nicosi even half a game against, against North Carolina without making him the starting quarterback. And then could have seen what happened against Florida State. There was no reason to go this drastic – and and just turn the keys over to a kid that you have no idea whatsoever what he's going to be able to do. But but at this point, what do you do? Because you've got one quarterback, Rozier, that can't throw, and you've got the other quarterback that can throw, but he can't read uh, 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 defenses. So Correct. He's going to, he's going to have do? to make a decision. I mean, I've, I've said what my opinion is. I said what my opinion is. A lot of guys don't agree with me, but that's my opinion. You know, if you're talking about winning five games in a row and getting to Charlotte, I know where I'm putting putting you know my 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 money, and you know I don't know what he's going to do. I really don't. All right, man. All right. Give us a call. Next, give, right. give us give, give us a shout next week. Right, Thanks no for problem. being on the show. Let's go to the five four one. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's Eric and Eugene. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? Talk to us. I'm not much. Real quick, I just want to say uh, I'm not, you know, I hope we keep Mark Rick. He's a great CEO. I mean, he's a great leader for us, but he do need to turn over uh, the uh, offensive play calling. And I feel like we need him to go through more of a spread where we get some jet sweep motion to help our linemen out. The difference is we, we're doing all these zone reads, but they're not the linebackers still stacking the box, and it's hard for our linemen to get out there. If we run a couple of jet sweeps, get our speed to the edges, and then we can come back with some counters and stuff like that. I mean, I just feel like our, our offense is not built to be a pro-style offense anymore because we can't get the linemen to run that type of pro-style offense. And I feel like we just need to get more of a spread and get our speed to the edges. Okay, great point. You got anything else? And also, uh, if we did go to – I did have a question. If we did look for OC, would you have any idea who – you may, oh, God, uh, no. you may look at God, No, absolutely not. No, I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm not even worried about it, but we'll see. 
right. Well, that's all I had, Garrett. Thank you for your time. All right, man. And, yeah, um, give us, give us, give us, give us a shout next week. Uh, we'll talk more. Let's go to nine five four. You're on Kane Sport Live. I mean nine one four. You're on Kane Sport Live. Yo, Gary, what's up, man? This is this is uh, Kane Nine. What's I up, Kane Nine? Love your voice. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just real quick. So I you got you like, got like a badass badass kind of voice. Go ahead. What you got? Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, no, I just think that, uh, look, I've been giving some people some shit on the on the message boards, yourself included. What do you think about the move from uh, right tackle moving Scaife over there? What do you think about that? I think that's the only thing they can do. I mean, Donaldson's getting killed out there. They can't leave him out there. He's getting destroyed. So, you know, he's got, they got to move him to guard. He's got to play better. Okay, he's not playing very well. He's got to play better. Move him to guard. Let Scaife keep going at right tackle. He could be your right tackle again next year. He's been doing okay. You know, he has his bad plays. He's a true freshman. It's not going to be great every play. But they really don't have a choice because Donaldson can't handle it out there. And uh, quite frankly, they need to get better at guard too. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think he. I think he's. He's got to make his uh, his moves out there. Um, I I also got to say, yo, this fan base is a bit frustrating to me. It seems like there's uh, there's the recruiting battles that we face, there's the opponents that we face, and then there's the dumbass fan base that we face. Because if Smart fans can't recognize that turning over coaches every three to four years isn't good for the program. Then you know they're 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 mixed up in the you know in some of the jungle juice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree know. with you, man. The last thing you should want here is Mark Rick to not succeed. <laughs> I mean, that would be a disaster for this program. It it seems ridiculous, you know. Like some of these guys are like. Calling, you know, calling for turnover. Look, I get it. The co- the the offensive play calling needs a little needs a little updating. Totally fair comment, but yeah, but he can do that. I mean, if he if he if he if he's not stubborn and he recognizes where the problems are, which he should be able to do. He's a veteran coach. He should be able to look at the film and see where his problems are and find a solution for them. I mean, he's got a lot of talent on this team. Totally agree. Totally agree, hundred percent. And and I think he's shown that he's he's willing to make some changes, right? I think yeah. I think. I mean, look, Kosi is, is evidence number one of that. Win the last five games, get to Charlotte, and this is all just a, a bump in the road. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Look, I, I just wanted to say, like. Uh, like I hope I hope some of these guys cool down. Obviously, number one, I hope we win. Number two, I hope I hope we 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 cool down as a as a fan base. And uh, you know, you know what? This isn't so bad. You know what? Let me tell you, it's been obviously been bad, but it's not so bad. The fan base going nuts like this and putting a little pressure, uh, and and and. and you know them feeling it a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, listen. If you're win, if you're a winner, 
when when something like this happens, you respond. Okay, you respond to the noise. You respond to the pressure. Uh, I don't have I don't have any problem with it. Some guys have gotten a little over the top ridiculous, but like, but but in general, I mean, it's not a negative. Okay, it, 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 it's it, it's good that it's not what happened in Virginia on Saturday is not acceptable. I think it's. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's a positive. No, no, no. Definitely. No, no. What happened in Virginia is not acceptable. That not no. not a question about it. But what 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 also isn't acceptable is turning out a dime, right? Like everyone was backing him. Everyone was in you you know a euphoric state after Florida State. Some some people were. And you gotta you gotta recognize as a fan base that what you do impacts recruits. It really you gotta recognize that as a it fan doesn't. base. I've never seen I've never this fan base has had more meltdowns in the last decade than I don't know what, but I've never seen the that impact recruiting. It, no, it, it, I'm not saying like yeah. something on Kane Sport is gonna impact them, but flying no. banners well, that's absurd. That's stupidity. I mean, if people start flying banners at this point, that's just absurd. No, but that's I mean, what I'm save, about. save save your money, save your money, or, or donate it to Kane Sport or something. Because like, yeah. that's absurd. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree. That's no, but I'm saying even like that kind of stuff and booing. And to be honest, all the social media stuff, like you can't you can't deny that that stuff is impacting recruits. At least it's not. What they it's not. You know, Those kids don't care about they, that stuff. They react to it. Look, they react yeah. to it. Even our, our starting quarterback reacted to it, right? And and look, I give Malik. I mean, the fact that he he put that like you know you know shush sign or or shut the fuck up sign up, and then said, "Yo, it wasn't just about those Toledo fans. It was also about Miami fans." That that says it right there. You know, yeah. they're they're listening. You Look, know, just go to Boston helpful. and win, man. Go to Boston and win. That's all. Sure. All right, I gotta let you run. We gotta go. We gotta go to bed. Uh, give us a call right. next week. All right, man. All right, guys. I know there's a couple guys left uh, left on hold. Um, I'll get to you next week. We're gonna continue this conversation next Tuesday night. Uh, I want to thank everybody that participated tonight. Thought it was a phenomenal show. Um, you know, everybody kind of kept their composure. We had really constructive conversation. Props to everybody for that. Um, enjoy your open week. Go to Sicilian Oven. Have a little pizza. Go to the beach, maybe. Get a little sun. Relax. And then bring it next Tuesday night. And then bring it next Friday night. Anybody that can get to Boston, get to Boston. That's a massive game for this program. A massive game for Mark Richt. A massive game for this team. And uh, in that moment, I'm sure... It, they'll appreciate it, and I'm sure it'll help. want to thank Sicilian Oven, as always, for being a sponsor of our show. Visit one of their locations. Go to SicilianOven.com, and you can uh, isolate the one closest to you. And I'll see everybody next Tuesday night, and we will continue the conversation and try to cure the world of hurricane football. Good night, everybody. <laughs>